Hi, this is Vince Balzano. And I'm Rudy Solis. And uh, welcome. Thank you for joining us to the uh, commentary track on Captain America's Civil War, the companion piece to Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice, the, the good child. You know, I think it's only fitting that uh, just as the characters fought themselves, so must our commentaries battle one another. Absolutely. I, and uh, I think in general, we're going to have more positive things to say about this one, but also... Um, I think once you get past the initial enjoyment, it's actually, there are more problems than, than we'd all like to admit with, with this one. At least that's how I feel. Um, but we shall, we shall see. Okay. Okay. So how this is going to work is we are going to give you a six second lead in and it's going to go six seconds of black screen immediately into the snow. Okay. So we're beginning now. One, two, three, four, five, and we're in. The snow is here. You should be seeing the 1991. So I'll tell you a couple of things. This is loosely based on the crossover by Mark Miller and Steve McNiven. Mark Miller did the writing. Steve McNiven did the art. Um, when I say loosely, it's pretty. It's pretty loose. There's a couple of like elements that I'll point out here and there, but. I think one of the reasons they ended up using this is because it was the first comic in the in the new century to basically sell over a million copies. It was the largest hit Marvel had had in years. Civil War. Civil War was, yes. It was a huge, huge hit for them. Uh, this whole Bucky storyline here isn't... Uh, Bucky is, Bucky's a really big part of the fallout of Civil War. He wasn't necessarily the biggest player in the actual storyline. Because he takes up the mantle of Captain America after he the... After the after Steve dies, mm-hmm. spoiler. But the comics, how old now? Like, if you Over. either don't follow comics or you do, and and you know already. Right. So either way, it doesn't matter. There's going to be spoiler alerts galore. We're, we assume that you are. We've already seen this film. Please, God, don't let this be the first watching of this film. As no, as we said it. with Batman v Superman, I hope. <laughs> Our talking over it is not your first experience with this movie. I do love after Winter Soldier they've set up the whole Hydra was in was in was in Shield all along, and it's a it's like a, a German death cult enterprise. However, now apparently Bucky is in Siberia. His code words are all Russian. He's he's taking orders in Russian. He's talking in Russian. The Marvel Cinematic Universe really wants to have its cake and eat it too with Bucky. They they want the Winter Soldier stuff, but they also had to set it up in such a way where it could work in a world post-Soviet Union. Yes. And I don't think it comes off quite clean. You know, th- well, this is also very largely based on Ed Brubaker's uh, run and on the... Uh... On Captain America, he he really wanted to bring back Bucky. Bucky's character was similar to Gwen Gwen Stacy in the Spider-Man universe as like someone they had just never brought back. He'd been dead for a really long time, and then Ed Brubaker went to Joe Casada and had this storyline about bringing him back. And he was basically this deep ops uh, soldier that had been brainwashed and been gone for years, and they loved it and they brought him back, and it was pretty successful. And so a lot of what you're seeing here is based on. Ed's work, especially Winter Soldier, and then they're obviously using the the tie-ins from Captain America Two to go into Cap Three here, which I consider this Cap Three, Iron Man Four, Avengers Two Point Five. Yeah, it absolutely is. <laughs> it is absolutely, it is absolutely that. You say Bucky though. Um, Bucky's one of my biggest problems with this movie because these movies have desperately tried to make us care about Bucky, 
and failed in almost every respect. I agree they, with that. Oh, he beat he helped he helped Steve survive the fist fight in the first Captain America. He uh, they have that one flashback in Winter Soldier where they say, "I'm with you to the end of the line." And here they reminisce about the date they went on that one time. I do not care about Bucky or his relationship with Steve at all, and yet it is the linchpin now for two Captain America movies in a row. And I just do not care. I thought I thought the setup in Captain America one was a little weak. If you weren't familiar with the comics, like the second he fell off the train and he fell into the snow, I said, "Oh, okay. Well, they're doing Winter Soldier in part two. That's great." But I had been reading the comics for years, so <laughs> I uh, so Crossbones. Does Crossbones have a big role in the Civil War comic? Because I know in the aftermath, he's partly responsible for killing steve and i know time bullets and sharon carter and brainwashing and and, and yes and because comics because comics and at the same time you know who else died at that same time batman also died because of time bullets around the same exact time lovely and <laughs> and they all stayed dead none of them ever came back we never saw them again never saw them again <laughs> until 2008 <laughs> <laughs> so i was we were talking about this a little bit off air i can only imagine the phone call the agent makes to the guy who plays Crossbones, and he's like, hey, they're bringing you back. You're in Cap 3. And how excited he must be. Oh, really? I'm back? I'm back? And then the agent follows it up with, yeah, but you're dead in the first five minutes. I'm sorry. I just, I feel like these, you get so pumped, and then there's the letdown that you're going to be killed almost immediately. I, I don't, I don't, I never quite got the, the progress because you see Rumlow at the end of Winter Soldier, he's all burned and damaged from the, from the fight at, at S.H.I.E.L.D. headquarters. And now he's turned to bioterrorism. I'm not sure why. <laughs> I'm not sure who his buyer is. We never address it again. We, there's, no. it's, it's, it's just, well, we got to stop Crossbones because, mm-hmm. because he's Crossbones. Cool, he's Crossbones. He's great. And it's a great action scene. It just, it, it, it's an excuse for itself. Yes. Yes. Which I'm fine with. It's a, it's a comic book action movie. You need to have a comic book. You need to have an action scene. And it's a really good action scene. It's very born Identity-like, but with superpowers. And I have no problem with it. I was, I was pumped when I saw this the first time. This was really well done. Well, the one thing I like about the brothers, uh, the gentlemen who do this... Uh, the Russos. The Russos, yeah. The one thing I like about them is that they... They are really, really good at juggling a lot of balls and making like you said kind of making these like little silly things that from a writing standpoint are kind of inconsequential feel like they mean something because it's this is the tie into cap two and this kind of pulls it all together and they're really they're really kind of good at that like that's i consider that a talent oh he's wearing see this is his post civil war return back from the dead outfit caps right there Mm -hmm. so when he was just when he um he when he comes back he refuses to be cap he allows bucky to stay as cap in the comics and he he's basically like an agent of shield and this is the costume he was wearing but he wasn't he didn't have a mask at the time gotcha but this entire costume comes from that you know what helps civil war in no small measure over batman v superman is that the marvel cinematic universe makes no bones about the fact that its characters murder people or not murder but they they kill a lot of people in action though yeah they've never really cared that's not a that's nearly as big of a thing yeah, because Captain America is a soldier. He doesn't like it. He's not quite Batfleck, who who seemed to relish in in causing bodily harm to people. He's a soldier. He does it because it's his job and because he has to. Yeah, you know what? That, and that's true. See, that's a really interesting note that no one really talks about. But Cap doesn't really have a problem with death. I've seen Cap do some extremely violent things in the comics and in the movies. That I'm pretty sure those guys are dead. Yeah. 
like that that where he just threw the shield into that man's neck i think mm-hmm. he's dead probably that's indestructible metal that yeah, being it's, hurled it's vibranium. At, at super speed <laughs> into a, into your neck i don't think your neck survives that or if it does you're you're going to be you're going to be wearing a neck brace for a while you are now this is one of those interesting ultimate universe versus regular because this is constantly these these are up oh, there's crossbones this is constantly a throwback to this this marvel the marvel cinematic universe is much closer to the ultimate universe that falcon costume is basically what falcon looks like in the ultimate universe in the ed brubaker comics that were running at the time of civil war he's still wearing like this red and white spandex suit and he like talks to birds but in the <laughs> ultimate universe it's like a exoskeleton thing well in the ultimates uh nick fury is samuel l jackson Heck and not yeah. a and not a white guy from world war Two. yep or was nick fury in world war Two in the comics I, he I was could be completely well, he was sergeant fury Okay. He was Sergeant Fury and his Howling Commandos, and then he became Nick Fury, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Right. Here it's Captain America and the Howling Commandos, because mm-hmm. all those guys fight with, with Cap in the movies. And then on some of the TV shows, Agent Carter and uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., they show up in... Now, do you watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? I tried. I watched the first half of the first season, and I stopped. Clark Gregg is great. I love Ming-Na working. Ming-Na's great. Um, and everyone else was fine. I just couldn't get into the story. Me I neither. really enjoyed Agent Carter. Yeah, I didn't see Agent Carter. That, and that it's seems dead to be now. She's consensus. on a new show, and it's basically been canceled, yeah. unfortunately. I saw that she was on a new show. I did see that. Oh. Oh. Okay, now, Cap's not dead after that, but he's 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 hurting. I, I don't care how much serum he's got. That's that's some blunt force trauma there. That's Those are some heavy falls he's making. They're... I feel like there's always a bit of a discrepancy about how powerful Cap is. I'm never really sure how strong he is. I, 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 I mean, he's he's as strong as he needs to be. Yeah, he's as strong as he needs to be. Exactly. Like, I, he Comics. he's mortal. He can yeah. die, obviously. But where his power levels really are, I'm not sure. I don't think anyone. It's like same with Spider Man. Spider Man's another one whose whose power levels are extremely vague. Like, and later in this movie, we'll see he he can he can carry some really heavy stuff. He can carry some really heavy stuff. I think now in the Ultimates universe, what what Mark Miller did pretty, I thought this was pretty smart, was that basically all the characters in the Marvel universe are on Super Soldier Serum. So Black Widow, everybody, there is some form of it. Like they've, they've that explains a lot. That yeah. helps. That helps ex- excuse a lot. It did. That was exactly what I thought it was good for. So what they they they're not on exactly Caps because Caps version doesn't uh they've never been able to replicate caps and i'm pretty sure they kept that in the ultimate universe but falcon black widow everyone's on some form of super soldier serum and they're able to they're able to replicate it enough that they get they can get super soldiers everywhere and that kind of explains how a lot of these characters falcon and black widow are able to fight all of these characters Mm -hmm. all these other more super powered ones naturally super powered ones this is a cool scene no, it's definitely they definitely took all the praise of Winter Soldier to heart. Everyone going, oh, it's a grittier, more born identity kind of movie. So we have there's a little too much shaky cam in this movie for me, especially in this scene. It's it's still great, but I'm always looking at every cut for like, oh, there's ScarJo's stunt double. Her wig's a lot better in this movie than it was in Winter Soldier. I thought that if that's wig was a wig. pretty good. If it's a wig, in Winter Soldier, it's definitely a wig. I'd, I'd bet, I'd bet all the, I'd bet the money in my pockets right now that it's a wig in Winter Soldier. 
Yeah, see, like just shooting people, but the movie doesn't make a huge deal out of taking lives. No. So it doesn't have that hurdle to get past. It isn't one of the foundational, to my knowledge, elements of any of these characters that they won't take a life. Or at least in these movies, they aren't. No, it doesn't. And and on top of that, I think part of the kind of going back to the Superman problem with all of that is that Superman and Batman have such strong stances against death. And it's like this major part of their moral code in the comics Mm -hmm. that I understand why it's become such a big deal. Like, Captain America, they never talk about death or whether or not they can kill. They just do it. You know, he's always a soldier fighting a war. He kind of looks like, to me, like Punisher X. I don't think that's a character. I think I just invented <laughs> that character. But that's what I feel like Crossbones looks like. Oh, Crossbones. Like. Okay, yeah, he looks yeah. like Punisher X. Punisher from the year 2099. And which... him and him and Bernthal have, have a slight resemblance. And that's not a shot at, like, Bernthal compared to Frank Grillo's makeup here at all. No, but Frank no. Grillo and, and John Bernthal are both of a type. They that. Are. Oh, hey, we're mentioning Bucky. Remember him? He's he's important. <laughs> you gotta go. Now, of course, we needed this scene because in the now in the comics they blow up Connecticut, right? So the the comics version I loved, and I really hoped they were going to do it. But I was like, how are they going to set this up? In the comic version, there is this reality TV show that follows a bunch of young, uh, super powered characters. Now I I can't remember the name. I should grab the book. You want to grab the book? We have the book here with us to kind of <laughs> go through. But so what it is? There, they are. They're they're tracking what they believe to be some low level villain, like some some hideout house. And when they go in, what they don't realize is that one of the characters in there has the has the care. It's a, it's a bunch of villains. Yeah, it's the New Warriors. So the New Warriors they go into this reality TV show section. They fight these villains, and then what happens is one of the characters that they're fighting has the ability to like like create like like small like level blasts, and mm-hmm. he blows up a school. Oh. And it's the death of all those children that begins the the registration act. And in Connecticut, and in it's Connecticut. not even like in a in in a in a it, developing nation. It's in Connecticut. It's in That's Connecticut. really going to spur action. Yeah. yeah, which I thought I actually thought that was still more powerful than this. But I, this gets the whole world international thing, and so I get it. Oh, you have to. You got to get you got to get that international box office. Mm-hmm. That's a very cynical view of this. But I, you can't just blow up Connecticut in a Marvel movie. Like that, no one's everyone's going to go like, well, no, wait a minute, this is. This is awful. This is unequivocally terrible. I love this scene, and by I love this scene, I mean I think this scene's kind of ridiculous. The, um, I fully believe Tony Stark building a hollow, a holodeck to to relive his past. This scene exists solely to remind us, or not even remind us, to introduce for the first time Tony's mother. He gives a PowerPoint presentation about his feelings. <laughs> That's true. I like so how he looks so young, up, though. Looks eighties. This eighties Robert Downey. The, they're really start that this technology to make actors look younger is really coming a long way. We're we're a far cry from um, Red Dragon. Certainly, the opening of X Men: The Last Stand, Tron Legacy from a couple of years ago. It it looks better now. I love. Uh, you still haven't seen Ant Man, have you? I haven't seen Ant. Michael Douglas at the beginning of Ant Man. The opening is in nineteen eighty nine, and he they made him look like Wall Street Michael Douglas, wow. and he looks. 
he looks fantastic. I thought that was really good makeup. And I'm like, of course, that's not makeup. That's that's totally digital. Yeah. But Tony's giving a PowerPoint presentation about his feelings just so we can be reminded he has parents. So the twist at the end with Zemo. Now, you saw that lands. coming, didn't you? Absolutely. I, I didn't see that there's coming. That, there's that fleeting detail in Winter Soldier where they say the Starks die in a car accident. And so seeing Bucky oh, knock, knock off the car that. at the beginning of the movie, I went. And then introducing his parents for no reason, I went, okay, so that's going to come up. I don't know how, but it's going to come up. Getting back um, quickly to the um, destruction of... of where were they? We were just watching it. Were they? I, I, I literally do not know where I they were. I think they're in Wakanda, right? Aren't they? No, there's like Wakandan people there, and that's that's why Wakanda gets involved. There were aid workers from Wakanda there. God. But um, I love that that is the event that sets it off. We had that whole fight in Avengers: Age of Ultron between Cap and Hulk and everyone in the middle. Actually, that was in Wakanda, I think. Um, or near Wakanda or somewhere. Yeah, something like that. Or no, what? it was on the African coast, I think. The movie, the movie was kind of ridiculous with its... Age of Ultron was kind of ridiculous with its geography. Wakanda gets mentioned because that's where vi- the vibranium's from that yes. Andy Serkis has. But they wreck an entire city. And yeah, we hear Tony say, oh, can we get aid workers in there? But they wreck a whole city just to bring one of their own under control. The fact that they weren't shut down the minute that happened, then it took a much smaller amount of damage in another place while they were actively trying to thwart a terrorist event. It doesn't quite wash for me. Okay, There's so much that has happened that is actually their fault. Here, here's my justification, is that it was just the straw that broke the camel's back. So, oh, absolutely. Like if you go New York, if you go Avengers, Avengers Two, and then this, you're like, all right, this is enough, you guys. Yeah. This is like every every two years it seems like you're blowing something a whole sure. thing up again. Absolutely. And here's uh, Alfrey Woodard in a small supporting role. She I is thought... actually playing Black Mariah on the Luke Cage TV series. Is she really? She is, and she's fantastic. She... she acts the crap out of a very underwritten role on that show, and she's fantastic. I think this scene is fantastic. This scene right here, I think she's brilliant in this. Really, really just nails us home. Now, there's a similar character um, to this one in the comics as well that also gets really messes with Stark. If I'm believing right, I believe it's Stark. The movie works better if you look at it as part of a longer series. And... In part, that is that is what they're kind of designing. Um, the problem is it's hard to keep the emotional thread between movies because it's what, two years between each of the movies. So it's really hard to stay emotionally invested. But if you look at this movie as the culmination of Tony saw space, Tony was suffering from PTSD, Tony created Ultron and almost wrecked everything, Tony apparently has lost Pepper Potts. Yeah, he's hanging a little by a thread. He's trying to keep it together, and that isn't really borne out in this movie. Like, you don't really see most of that journey in this movie. But Robert Downey Jr. is such a good actor, I'm, I'm willing to take the journey with him anyway. You know, that's very, but that is very much how comics are at, the, you know, at this point. Like, they really have become, the Marvel movies have, are truly, truly live-action comics. It's the same thing with comics. Like, if you read... Civil War, if you were to just jump into Civil War, the whole New Warriors, um, the whole New Warriors subplot about there being a reality TV show, you'd have no 
preconceived notion about that. The thing about the they've been this registration act had been building in the comics for about a year leading up to the to, up to it. So it's the registration it was in Nigeria. Sorry, oh, they were Nigeria, in Nigeria. That's where it is. Like this 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 plot had been building similar to this had been building in other storylines. If you come right into Civil War, it, you'd be like, okay, well, I mean, they they reference things that happen in issues prior, and it you're not you're not necessarily always cognizant of exactly what's going on what what it, what exactly they're referring to which is kind of similar to where the movies have gone you know which is it's interesting because i mean it's really interesting to see how how much there's how much they have really replicated the formula of comics with live action film and so far you know nothing else has really been able to do it with any real success i mean dc's trying we're what the jury's way still out on that one yeah, though they're they're leaning towards the negative that that jury. My issue with them, I I agree to the extent that I've read comics and I'm familiar enough with them to see that they are replicating that that feel for the movies. But I, I feel that's one of those form content things. I think you can do that in a comic book where you have multiple titles and they all feed into a larger picture, and you can do oh, see page twenty three and issue nine of this other book to fill in the gaps. But you don't have to if you don't want to this is a movie i for me ideally and i realize yes there are of course exceptions to that really you have stuff like lord of the rings and a few others that you know told a complete story over multiple movies but i i still kind of want a movie to be able to stand dramatically on its own legs i don't want to have to bring i don't want to have to like oh how how dare they make me work i don't know that's not what i'm getting at um it's there's just so much that's assumed and so much that I have to bring to it. So the movie's just like, well, we don't have to actually do any of the work of setting up the the conflict and the characters and all. And yeah, that's that's inherent with sequels. But since this is spread so much over such a long period of time over multiple movies... I don't know. For me, just the emotional investment doesn't carry from movie to movie. I still enjoy them, and I enjoyed I enjoyed this movie quite a bit. But you know, I had to read and I had to think about it. And I had to have things explained to me, not plot details. I understand the plot. The, the plots in these are actually rather easy to understand. But you know that tone. This really is Tony hanging by a thread. This is you know, if you actually think about everything he's gone through up to this point. It kind of works, except then you actually look at this movie and a lot of it doesn't gel with that characterization. Because, oh, we need to protect the innocents. We need to keep ourselves in check. How am I going to do that? I'm going to recruit a child to fight in this battle at a German airport later in this movie. <laughs> that that doesn't completely wash with everything. And then, I don't care. He killed my mom. Okay. See but that we, one. We, I, I know. You, I know. You really struggle with that I one. I I love that one. I thought that made perfect sense. If you kill my mom, I am killing you. I like how in all these examples, all but one of these are things the Avengers did not cause. <laughs> they they did not control aliens invading New York. That's that true. wasn't their fault. I think. Okay, Washington D.C. Okay, so I, I think they were totally in the right on that one um, because it w- Hydra was going to kill a whole lot more people if they didn't bring those carriers down. Sokovia, that was totally on Tony. Yeah, that's on Tony. 100% Tony's For fault, sure. created Ultron, and then tried doing it again later in the movie. Mm-hmm. Luckily got Vision, but 
his journey in that movie is basically, no, I got this. You got it. You got to believe me. I can ever. And everyone says you're literally proposing the exact same thing you did. And then Thor shows up and hits the coffin with the hammer and we got vision and he's great. But no, that one's all them. I like that they brought William Hurt back for the for in his role too as, as Thunderbolt. He's great. Thunderbolt's a great character. Mr. Ross, General Ross. And it, that that they call it the Sokovia Accords does back up like your notion that this has been a long time coming because it's not named the Nigeria Accords. Like clearly two years ago, they were like, okay, hang on a second. And so the UN's been writing this. I do love that they sprung it on them now. This hasn't been in the news. Like John Kerry wasn't over at the UN talking about the Sokovia Accords or anything. It was, it was, it was just, nope, nope, we have this, we have this book now. We're going to, you're going to sign this book. You We're better do it. And see, that's, that was the one thing that the comic did have. The comic really had this sense of political urgency that was, that you felt was reverberating through the United States of the Marvel Universe where like the people were asking for mm-hmm. this. And it was, it was like this political debate. They had this wonderful marketing program that was a whose side are you on which they kind of did a little bit for the movies but they had all of these posters everywhere and it would say whose side are you on and then you'd have cap and mr fantastic who were on one side and then you had iron man oh iron man i'm sorry iron man and mr fantastic and then cap was on the other side cap and spider-man sure so cap and spider-man the that's like the one major character we're missing the one thing they did a really good job in the movie that i thought i thought they did not succeed at in the comic i love the comic the comic's great but in the comic, I really felt like, and this was a lot of people said this, that they, as, as hard as they they tried, it, it really did feel like Iron Man and Mr. Fantastic were being vilified for sure. Like they were definitely the villains of the story. It felt like they were the villains. But in here in the movie, I think they do a much better job of balancing the characters out. I agree. I agree. But in creating, in attempting to create a balance so that we don't end up vilifying any of the characters, because we can't have that. We can't have characters grow and change. Anyway. There's no Walter Whiting of Iron Man in no. this in this movie. He doesn't become worse than than what he he sought to stop, to to do what he thought was right. For me, the problem we run into here is that neither side is correct. Um, Tony's unequivocally correct superhuman people absolutely need to be registered yep that's 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 your your military grade you have military grade weapons and you're operating as as basically a private military company just doing whatever the hell you want they need to be regulated pure and simple um and cap's side basically turns him into captain libertarian which again, if you follow the movies he's gone through, it it actually is kind of a cohesive arc. He started out as a soldier trying to follow orders and do the right thing, and then he ended up working for a corrupt organization, and then, you know, this goes wrong. So by the time he ends up in the modern day and realizes who can you trust, you can't trust anybody, he only has his own sense of right and wrong. The idea that he would reject authority or oversight over what he believes to be right and wrong... A hundred percent makes sense as a character. He's wrong. I agree. <laughs> I agree. He's totally wrong. I thought that in the comic. I was like, I'm not siding with Cap on this at all. Characters should be regulated. They, these people have the ability to destroy whole cities in their hand. Yeah. Now, the Hydra storyline, if I'm correct, I believe that comes from Secret Warriors. Uh, 
Jonathan Hickman, and that was actually the fallout out. That was after Siege, I believe. That came after Siege. So it goes in the comics. It goes Civil War, Siege, then, and then I okay. I, Right, I think no, no, no. It's Civil War, and then there's the one that I hope they do here, which is, um, oh man, I'll remember. And when I remember, I'm gonna tell you. But in the comics, there is this book Jonathan Hickman does. It's Secret Warriors, and in Secret Warriors, Nick Fury finds out that Hydra has been is that Shield was just a faction of Hydra all along, and he's been working for the bad guy from day one. Gotcha. And that comes from Secret Warriors. So Zemo's a very different character in the comics. Here they make him a, a, a Sokovian looking for vengeance for the death of his family against the Avengers. But in the comics, he's like another purple monster, right? Yeah, I always equate him to... He looks like Cobra Commander's brother. <laughs> That's what he looks like to me. I, my, Zemo's plot in this is a combination of two of my least favorite um, villain motivations. Vengeance and I must break them. Vengeance. It's well, isn't it always though? Isn't it always the death of a family member? It always is, and like, I can understand vengeance. I understand why people lean on it because it's it's an easily explained and understood. But you don't have to go too deep about it. But the I must break them leads to needlessly convoluted, nonsensical plots, and also they should just kill them i i understand them not wanting to like make a martyr out of them but it's like no you i need you to suffer no but the longer you wait to actually eliminate them it's bane and the dark knight rises i will kill you after i've broken you the joker no i need to break to harvey dent before and I, i'll never kill you but we need to break harvey dent and and all that at least rachel ghoul just wanted to set gotham on fire and yeah. have it tear itself apart through although technically i guess he wanted to break gotham so <laughs> there there goes there goes me holding up rachel ghoul as a as a high point, but um, but I know what you mean. I love this. I love them all just kind of hanging out. They they do a great job. Joss Whedon did a very good job of it in Age of Ultron of just them hanging. Yeah, and I love it. Lifting the hammer. Yes. And this scene is good, and everyone acts the crap out of this scene. But also, no one really has a point of view. Cap and and Tony kind of have points of view because they are. They are the leaders of their respective factions, but Black Widow is just kind of hanging around, doing her thing. Rhodey, of course, is going to side with Tony just because he feels like it. I, I love I love Rhodey. It's like, no, we're not dealing with S.H.I.E.L.D. We're not dealing with the World Council. This is the United Nations. I love the alternate universe these movies take place in where the United Nations have any kind of oversight mm-hmm. or, or power. Where it's, oh, we violated a U.N. resolution. And? Yeah, so? So? But apparently, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the the UN might 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 as well be a totalitarian government. Because, Seriously, because they are all living in fear of the UN. Yep. I do like that they brought back the the non Olsen twin twin. I always call her an Olsen twin, but she's not. You mean not Magneto's daughter? Because she's not a mutant. She's enhanced. <laughs> she's enhanced. That's see that that's an Ultimate Universe thing. Oh, an enhanced. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, but she's really pretty. And actually, when I first saw her in Avengers 2, I kept going, why does she look so familiar? Where have I seen her before? And then I looked her up and I was like, oh, she's one of the Olsons. You're the United Nations. It's not the World Security Council. It's not S.H.I.E.L.D. It's not Hydra.
yeah, Tony, Tony chose to do that. It's, it's, yeah, no, it's like, no, I, it, it's Ayn Rand. It's, no, we need to decide. We, we, we are the, we are the great people. <laughs> Maybe Ayn Rand's a bit much. They, these, these characters have a whole lot more empathy than any of Ayn Rand's characters in true. Atlas Shrugged, but. And not nearly as narcissistic. Vision sides with Tony for no reason. He doesn't. He doesn't really have anything. And then you have Ant Man. They just call him up, and Ant Man is there. He has. I guess you could take that as a comment on recidivism, since Scott Lang is a criminal, and he's just like, "Well, I guess I'm, I'm going to be doing criminal stuff again." Yep. But that that doesn't really wash with me as an explanation. No. Now I'll tell you one character. I was uh, the, one of the interesting characters in the comic that uh, comes in is a uh, is Punisher. Mm-hmm. Punisher like steps in the middle, mm-hmm. and uh, everyone's everyone's really upset because you know like oh you know he's a psychopath, and I believe if I remember correctly he's on the side he's on Cap's side, he's on Cap's side, and oh the- a vigilante doesn't want oversight by the government I'm shocked right, and they don't want him to be in there they're like no this guy's a psychopath <laughs> he's a murdering rampaging bastard we can't have him a part of it. That was the one thing was I was actually a little sad that there weren't all the heroes in here in the comic. And we'll talk about this. The The one thing that I thought this is where I thought the movie kind of fell a little bit was that we didn't have Zemo in the comic. The comic was all about the heroes. And I thought I actually thought that was weaker to include him. Just keep it about them. I, I you know, But maybe, if they kept it about them, then someone would actually have to have been the antagonist. They, they, someone had to be the villain. They couldn't. There was no way, given the cash cows that these are now, that they were going to let any of the characters we love, because there's no stakes in the fight. Like I heard it described in was it Film Crit Hulk's essay about this guy actually was called like Marvel and the dangers of assumed empathy, and he says the whole movie kind of feels like a wrestling match because you know nothing's going to really come of the fight, and there there's a larger threat out there. And they're not going to kill each other. Like trying to, they take Rhodey out by accident. Vision takes Rhodey out by accident, but even then, there are no stakes because he doesn't die. Yeah, he just is kind of crippled. But we live in a future. This is this is a universe where technology can cure everything. And actually, Rhodey's Rhodey's spinal injury gets a shout out in Doctor Strange, which I know you haven't seen yet. But I have not. It gets. Uh, they're going through a list of possible patients, and I, I think it's him. They mention like a soul, you know, ex, a military mid fifties is you know suffers a, suffered a spinal fracture, and Strange just goes, "No, find me someone else." Like they're going through possible patients for him to operate on. So Doctor Strange is a jerk. Doctor Strange is a jerk. Doctor Strange is a jerk. That's, That's actually kinda... a huge plot point in Doctor Strange. That is, that but. is. If you, if you know your Doctor Strange, he is a huge jerk. That's that's part of it. Now, um, you said something about pro wrestling. That's really funny you mentioned that because I... Well, not pro wrestling, just like siblings wrestling. Oh, There's, siblings wrestling. I thought... I mean, you... it's kind of like pro wrestling too. It's garishly dressed individuals with catchphrases <laughs> running in and they're just kind of hitting each other but pulling their punches, you feel. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, I was going to say, I sometimes feel like Marvel movies have gone the way of WWE pay-per-view events. So, like, no matter how big WWE pay-per-events are, more often than not, right at the very end, like when the champion has won the belt or something, there's some final twist Mm -hmm. to get you to watch back on Monday, the next episode. And so you always kind of feel like whenever you're going into these pay-per-view events, even though they tend to build them as the culmination and end of a storyline... By the end, you feel like really more that was a th- also a thinly veiled 
backdoor pilot for the next storyline. <laughs> and I feel like all of Marvel's movies kind of feel like that. Like you, you've come to expect the the scene, the, the post credit scene, and they're soap operas in spandex. Yeah, that they're, they're they do not end. It is a perpetual cycle of misery. Yes, they're, they're, you can never actually win. No. There is always something else out there, or the other shoe will drop, or this is just a smaller part of a larger problem. Or yes. there's never there's never a sense of we won you guys. That's Take it. Take ten. Yeah, yeah. No. No, never. And I think that sometimes what that does, in particular with I thought Avengers two, which is I had heard this complaint from a lot of people, was that it it just um the stakes felt so low because you already knew Avengers 3 and 4 were coming. You already knew Thanos was the big baddie that they were going to have to face who wasn't really featured in the film. And so the stakes of the story were just kind of low. And so you kind of get that sense a little bit with some of the Marvel movies. Now, I'm not bashing Marvel. I think Marvel's fantastic. And I love these movies. But I think... There are that, tons of fun. Let's... Yeah. let's like. This is we're not having the opposite problem that we had with Batman v Superman where we didn't like the movie but we loved everyone involved. Yes. Here, I enjoy these movies. I I will rag on them ceaselessly because I I love them and I want them... Because of that, I want them to be better. Mm -hmm. Um, But I enjoy the heck out of most of these movies. That's that's not a problem I have. I I saw this movie twice in theaters. (laughs) (laughs) This movie's great. I think Civil War is fantastic. I was really excited for this. I I actually was positive that this was going to be... um, Avengers, uh, Avengers two or three. I, I I was I was excited that they 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 popped it in. It, it made sense tonally to keep it as a Captain America movie too. That made sense to me. But I originally when they right after, um, right after Avengers one, I thought for sure Civil War was going to be either Avengers two or maybe three. Like maybe take it down a, a, another notch. But they definitely plant the seeds of this in Avengers two because Cap and Tony do not get along yes. in that. Which also makes the line in this movie where Cap goes, I can't, sorry, Tony, but he's my friend. And Tony goes, so was I. I never got the sense that Tony and Cap were really friends, just co-workers. Yes. I, there, there is no great friendship I ever get from Tony and Cap because they disagree on everything. They're set up to disagree when Whedon introduces the two of them together. Mm-hmm. They All they do is argue with each other and they team up to fight a greater threat. But I feel like in, in regular life, those are not two guys who would... As characterized in the movies, I don't read the comics. Even in the comics, you know, there's a there's. Oh, here we go. Uh, oh my God, I'm drawing a blank. Who plays T'Challa in this? Um, oh my gosh, Jackie Robinson. Yes. James Brown. Here we go. Why can't I? Uh, I'm, I'm. I cannot remember his name. We're totally losing our. our I'm our, losing my our mind. Cred. Chadwick Boseman. It's Chadwick Boseman. Yes. He's great as Black Panther. They give him nothing really to do because he also just wants vengeance. Mm-hmm. These, these movies really are self-perpetuating cycles of vengeance. I'm amazed not everyone has, <laughs> is dead from vendettas. I want Avengers 3 just to be everyone settling scores. And at the end of the movie, everyone is dead. And they just <laughs> need to recast everyone out of the multiverse. <laughs> we, just, we just moved to Earth-92. We just moved to Earth-92. So do you find it slightly weird at all that um, Cap is now hitting on his not-girlfriend's niece? Only because Sharon and Steve have been dating in the comics forever. That's why it's it's totally, like, I, I don't even really think twice about it. I don't know if he, did he have a relationship with Peggy? 
Peggy in the Ultimate Universe ends up marrying Bucky. She ends up marrying Bucky and then passes. In the comics, I guess he did date. But did he date Peggy in the comics? I guess he must have. I'm trying to remember if he did or didn't. It's been a while since I've read read um, current Marvel. So again, Zemo's plan is to pin the bombing on the Winter Soldier. Yep. And then plus question mark equals profit. I I don't. I mean, yes, it's to break the Avengers ultimately, but I'm still not entirely clear what he hoped. I I just go with the movie, so I'm fine with everyone's reaction to the bombing. Of course, Steve would go and try and find Bucky, and everyone wants to bring Bucky in. I don't know why that would have that wouldn't have changed from from. Captain America Winter Soldier, but I'm not sure what Zemo hoped would happen after blaming a bombing on on Bucky. Maybe he explains it later in the movie and I just do not remember cuz I'll square with you, I don't care. <laughs> I don't I don't care. I turn my brain off with this movie. I have to because too much of it is way too much fun. The upcoming chase we get in um Bucharest, I believe it is. They do the they do the foot chase in Bucharest. I great action scene, and because you see Cap trying to save Bucky and not kill too many people, and then T'Challa shows up in his vibranium suit. In the comics, is it vibranium or adamantium? It's vibranium in the comics as well. I believe that's. I feel like sometimes it's retroactively come, become vibranium. I could have sworn when I was a kid that Cap's shield was made of adamantium. T'Challa, world's worst delegator. Worst delegator. I will kill him myself. That is the royal leader of a country personally donning a cat, a literal cat suit to murder someone. <laughs> if only all our world leaders conducted themselves similarly. We'd, we'd live in a much... We live in an interesting world already. <laughs> the world would be a hell of a lot more interesting. <laughs> it might be far more terrifying. I think Incognito Steve is my favorite Steve. The baseball cap and the aviators and the leather jacket. I, I don't know. I just I, he's still probably six three and built like a brick shit house. So I don't like I don't know who he thinks he's hiding from. But look, Falcon has adopted the same uh, outfit, but with with matching burgundy cap. Yes. Well, they're bro. I mean, they're they're like those couples who dress alike. Yeah, they are. They really are. They really are, yep. And these two, you know they're totally friends because they had the same jogging path in the last movie. That's how they oh, became friends. That's why they're best friends now. Yep. But you buy this relationship more. Because I've actually watched them engage in some <laughs> manner outside of, hey, do you remember that time Bucky saved me from an alley fight? And then I surpassed him in virtually every way and he fell out the side of a train and I, I was sad. Yeah, I, I, I like him in Falcon a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel Brühl isn't bad in this role. He's, he's such a he's, great actor. He's a really good actor. He's so good at being like kind of creepy and sleazy. That's why he like was the, great in Glorious Bastards. Mm-hmm. Like the and, but that that sense of just him being just I don't know someone you want to punch in the face. Like that's it's a it's a superpower to be able to you know invoke that kind of emotion in his acting. Oh, absolutely. He's really good at it. And I love an important part of his plan is charming the chambermaid of this Vienna hotel. 
Because later on, he calls her that so that she finds the dead body in the room. Or maybe just to make it seem like his routine is still going on. But the, the effect is she finds the dead body of the scientist he kidnapped. That's right. In, in the bathtub. That's right. I forgot about that. See, Vince has watched this film three times. I've only saw it once in the theater. Okay. So this is my second viewing. I watched it once in the theater. I watched it again in the theater because uh, my mother wanted to see it. And I liked it, and I was like, yeah, I'll I'll go see this movie again with my mother. Yeah, why not? And then I watched it on the plane. Uh, It's a great airplane movie. It's a fantastic... There are are good airplane movies, but this is a great airplane movie, because you can turn your brain off, and it's just kind of a lot of noise, and I actually really enjoyed it. Terminator Genesis, also a great airplane movie. I don't know if it would be good anywhere else. You know what? I saw it on Netflix. I enjoyed it. Terminator Genesis? I think I'm the only person that liked that movie. I liked it as an airplane movie. It, 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 is, it is... Oh, God. I, I, I thought it was better than Salvation in Terminator 3. I really did. I like Terminator 3 better just because Terminator 3 knows it's aping Terminator 2, and Terminator 2 is one of the greatest action movies ever made. So yes. I was fine with it in that respect. Terminator Salvation was... Yeah, that was rough. Yeah, McG. Oh, McG. I also like... Uh, they just showed this a second ago, but the big, the big title fonts to tell to say where they are on on the planet. I think that's a great Bucharest. No, it's London. a it's a nice stylistic change because every movie nowadays, because they shoot them all over the world or pretend to shoot them all over the world. You need title cards, and ah, they just picked a new one. They picked they picked a new way to put them in there. Mm-hmm. Hey, remember me? We were friends. We went out on a date, not with each other. It was a double date with two ladies. But, but you remember. But you remember, right? Jim. Your name is Jim. No. That is <laughs> that is Star Trek. But Does the comics exp- do the comics rather explain the science behind Bucky's superpowered arm, or do they just go ah super soldier serum and and robotics? No, it was when he when the Russians salvaged him, it mm-hmm. was basically ripped off, so they had to they had to give him a new arm. Oh no, no, I mean I figured I figured that much. What I'm saying is he, that that arm's super powerful. So is is do they is it just a really powerful robot arm? Yeah, is that, it's like a really powerful robot arm. With, I'm sure I'm sure there's like there's whole comics that have gone into great deals <laughs> about it, but it's basically just a, a super powered cyborg arm. Now, why they didn't put his whole body in that, I'm not sure, but I guess it's probably have... the RoboCop thing. You need you need some element of of humanity, or mm-hmm. it doesn't it doesn't quite work. I love that bit with the grenade. That was just a clever use of the shield. There's there's a real sense of strategy in this fight scene that I enjoy immensely. They're really they're fighting, but they aren't just smashing their way through things. You get the feeling they're trying to think their way out of the problem to escape and also hold people off so they have to do, they can do as little damage as possible. Mhm. Well, and I think that's another nice little nod to the comics. The really, really good uh, artists and writers who've written Cap in the past have always found really creative and interesting ways for him to use the shield and to do you know things that go beyond just throwing it and bouncing it off a wall into someone's head. Sure. Uh, I'll tell you something fun. I uh, I don't know if the audience knows this, but I'm a professional actor here in L.A. I used to write comics. I wrote a graphic novel for IDW. Plug, Tramie Gamble. Boom, get it. <laughs> but I was taking a sword fighting class and from Brian Danner, Sword Fights, Inc., here in L.A. And Plug. he brought in 
the fight choreographer and stunt double for Bucky, their friends. Oh, okay. So we got to do a fight scene that they did in the um, in Captain America 2. It's the scene where they're fighting with the knife. The knife. Oh, and he drops that's... and catches the knife under the arm. We did like... I can't remember if it was somewhere between 8 to 16 counts of that fight. Mm-hmm. I've actually done it, and I was trained and taught by the guy who was Bucky Stunt Double. Nice. So that was, he is really creative, super fun. He was explaining to us where the fight influences for these characters come from. So, for instance, for Cap. This is the first time hearing this, by the way. I, I had no idea. I, I, never, I never told you about any no, of this, No, Rudy never told me about I, this. I love so how this is, is fascinating. This I'm is, loving this. This is coming out organically. So... When they sat down to create the fighting styles for these characters, they really take a long look at the where the characters have been in their fictional histories, what what they would have done. And for instance, like Cap, Cap uses a little bit of MMA because that's a popular American sport, and he does he does a lot of like boxing. The uh, Bucky Bucky has a little bit more of a kickboxing influence, mm-hmm. the, the leg sweeps and the kicks, and they. The, the, he was talking about how when they're developing these fights, simple, small movements can make something look more like one thing. Like they were saying like with some of Cap's movements that they were doing in, I think it was I think it was Cap 1, they asked him to make it look more American, that some of the fight choreography he'd made looked too, look too kung fu. Mm-hmm. So what he did was he said was, all I did was I just changed the chop to a to a closed fist and they were like perfect <laughs> and they wouldn't even know he's like that if you just you open the hand and it's martial arts you close the fist and it's american yeah. you know and it's kind of interesting he was talking about the whole science of how they break down all this fighting it was really really interesting so shout out to brian danner and sword fights inc that was a really great class Would landing on the shield... That is not the first time Cap has landed on the shield to survive a great fall. Would landing on the shield... Yes, the shield is catching a lot of the brunt, but... Well, I guess... No, it's vibranium. It absorbs all the shock, so he'd yeah. basically be fine. Just like how he put it on the bomb. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I get fine. Because, <laughs> you know, comics. Comics, yeah. I... When Bucky... T- there's a great moment I love. I love this chase. Just, I love this, this chase, this too. A great chase, but... Um, I believe I cheered both times when Bucky steals the motorcycle in this scene. It's just, it's on the level of Legolas jumping on that horse in the in the war fight scene. in Two Towers. Now, see, here's here's one of the great parts about having only seen it once. I don't remember, so this is going to be only my second time seeing it. I don't remember the bike scene, so now I'm going to be seeing it again. Black Cat. Black Cat, I feel like, oh, well, no, this is true. Black Cat basically in some it's ways. It's not Black to, Cat, it's um, Black Panther. Black Panther. Black, Black Cat is yeah. very different. Black Cat is a woman and a, and a thief. Uh, no, Black Panther basically took the place of Spider-Man yes, in this one. until they got the rights back. Until they got the rights back. Uh, and as soon as they introduce him, I'm going to go on a big, long tirade about why Spider-Man needed to be in this movie. And why he needs to be part of the Marvel Universe. Uh, spoiler Universe, he did not need to be in this movie. This he, movie was not written... Here we go, hang on. Boom. Oh... Oh, yeah, that is really good. No, Spider-Man did not need to be in this movie. We can talk more about it when we get to it. We're, we're but he was this. clearly plopped into this movie. That being 100%. said, it was great. I mean, it was fantastic. <laughs> like, I, yeah, no, Tom, you have to admit, it's one of the best like plot stuffers ever. 
Yes, but this movie could have been two hours long if they just cut all the Spider-Man out of it. But we needed we needed Spider-Man, and we they had to put it, leave us in suspense over whether or not Spider-Man was going to be in the movie because probably they didn't even know. No, they until didn't. A certain point. Yeah, they didn't know. And again, this is the king of a sovereign nation violating the sovereignty of Romania to, to kill his political enemy. Mm-hmm. Or not his political enemy, but to kill a terrorist. Kill a terrorist, an assassin. I love the car behind them. The The action scenes in this are great. The Russos really do a great job. They do. Action scene... Uh, until later in the movie when stuff starts really feeling CG. But... Um, out of necessity, of course. But as sure as I'm loaded, this I'm as, as loaded as this probably is to the hilt with computer stuff. They do it in such a way that it still feels very visceral and very real. So you're not taken out of it by stuff that feels cartoony yeah. too much. Later on, when we get to Giant Man and and some of the stuff at the the fake airport. Yeah, but I'm I'm so caught up in in the fun of watching my you know these these icons wrestle with each other that or roughhouse rather because that's what it is. The symbolic unmasking of Black Panther, which is a little bit uh, reminiscent of Spider Man unmasking in the comics, that was a huge deal in the comics. And then Spider-Man sold his marriage to the devil to save Aunt May from cancer, and and, and the universe forgot his secret identity once more. Completely forgot. Because comics. Because comics, yeah, why not? I like the relationship they try to build between Wanda and Vision. I still... I don't quite get it. Are they saying Vision has emotions? I guess they are, because that's what it leads up to, because it's concern for her is what distracts him in the... He, he cripples he cripples Rhodey later in the movie by accident, but I think they're both Vision, great. I mean, Paul Bettany's fantastic. He Vision. looks so cool. I and, don't envy him the makeup process. I'm glad they didn't make him wear the suit the whole time because can that full like I'm. Well, I was thinking that same thing. I was like, that's what you know. Thank God for the sweater. Yeah. <laughs> They have good chemistry. I think he looks so cool. He looks just super cool. I'm still trying to figure out from a legal standpoint how Marvel got away with this. I know she's enhanced, but she's Scarlet Witch because and Quicksilver. It's because they appeared in both. So they they existed in a gray area that allowed both to be used, each to be used by X-Men. The trade-off is you cannot use the word mutant in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And in X-Men, I guess they just can't refer to the Avengers at all. Yeah. Um, But I think that's, to my understanding, the gray area. Because they both appeared in X-Men and the Avengers, they could both be used. No, but I'm saying, how were they even used in the Avengers? Uh, now, here's here's what I'm wondering. They're the, the result of experiments performed by Strucker. No, but I'm saying, but legally, like, I understand that they're changing the origin of the characters, but technically they're they're just changing the origin of characters that are clearly part of and considered to be part of the, the X-Men universe, which is what Fox has the movie rights to. Mm-hmm. Here's what I'm wondering, though. I'm wondering if they go, well, no, 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 this isn't Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver from... The Marvel Universe, this is from the Ultimate Universe, but even the Ultimate Universe, they're still the children of Magneto, so don't really, I don't know. I just wonder they how just they just can't around. make any reference to mutants or Magneto yeah. or any of that. It's 
they so could they have a, could they have a Wolverine if they wanted and just make him a super soldier? No, is that he's too big? Oh, Wolverine's way too big. Wolverine's yeah. like the he's he's he was. It's like him and Spider Man are two of Marvel's biggest characters, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Didn't for, for a while they just put Wolverine in everything. To, Wolverine's to, still in everything. I, for the record, do not like Wolverine. Yes, we you and I have discussed this on yeah. more than one occasion. Mm-hmm. Are you excited at all for uh, Logan though? I am excited for Old Man Logan. It looks interesting. It all similar to Civil War. It looks like it's extremely loosely based on the comic that it comes from. Also, coincidentally, written by Mark, Mark Miller. Miller. Also yeah. drawn by Steve McNiven. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but um, but yeah, I- I'm excited. It does look interesting. I thought the, the first two were atrocious. <laughs> I believe Honest Trailer has all Honest Trailers has also pointed this out, but Chadwick Boseman perfects the thousand yard stare in this movie. Who does? Chadwick Boseman oh. as as T'Challa. Just Every profound moment of dialogue is just him staring off into the distance, monologuing about his dead father, or the significance of the Black Panther, or seeking vengeance, or joining your fight. But, and it's great. He's he's great. I, I thought I thought they gave, and admittedly, I know nothing about Black Panther, but I, I liked the intro of his character, and I liked the performance he gave, and they gave him his own little journey that didn't feel, it was very simple, but it didn't feel underserved in this in this movie unlike Bucky who unlike, has been poorly served by everything he has appeared in in this franchise well again I think the the, the the where they really dropped the ball with Bucky and I think giving people like yourself who don't have a tremendous familiarity with the comics where they really dropped the ball was in Captain America mm. I thought that but if they set him up there it would have helped later th- on that's, but because th- they didn't set him up Everything is told via flashbacks yeah and or, or, or just my favorite is like do you remember those good times we had yeah it's it's the Star Wars prequel problems where we never actually see a relationship between Obi Wan and Anakin. All we get are, "Hey, do you remember that adventure we had?" Yeah, we're good friends, aren't we? Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's the problem. And I th- I thought they dropped the ball there too because when I saw him fall into the snow in uh, Captain America One, First Avenger, I. I remember watching him fall into the snow, and I thought, wow, well, that's an obvious setup for Winter Soldier. But, I, but then I immediately thought, man, but we really haven't seen a lot of this guy. <laughs> you know, like, I was like, I wow. had no idea. I, I knew who he was, and I didn't care. Yeah. It's the government's property? But I thought they are, they're a privately funded military group. Does that mean the military just confiscated I, I believe it if the military confiscated it, but the whole point is that they're privately operated and funded by Tony. Yeah, because he's not part of S.H.I.E.L.D. anymore. They broke off from S.H.I.E.L.D. Well, because there is no S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, anymore. there is no S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, you're right. Unless they've rebuilt it in the TV series, which I wouldn't know because I don't watch it. I don't know either. I, I, I am curious as to how they have an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. without there being a S.H.I.E.L.D. Downey murders every piece of acting he gets. I mean that in a good way. Like, he kills it. He is my favorite actor in the world. He's fantastic. Yeah, I think he's so good at everything. He is literally my favorite actor in the world. I think he's he's my hero. He's so good. There's there's just an undercurrent. He's trying to be charming, but there's an undercurrent of frustration in everything because he's pissed, but also... And I love the exchange here. 
where he meant where he mentions, oh, my, oh, I knew your father. And he's like, oh, really? Because, you know, I didn't grow up hearing about that all the time. Just like the resentment that Cap went on all these adventures with his dad and he barely knew his dad. Mm-hmm. Which if we've actually seen more of his dad and him interact, that would be great. But all the Howard Stark we really get of Howard Stark in his prime is on the TV shows and in First Avenger. Now, have I... Oh, well, obviously, no, I would say, do you know where in the comics his father is? No, I have no idea. Is he not dead? Coincidentally, uh, Jonathan Hickman, again, one of my favorite comic book writers who wrote Secret Warriors, that was where they found out that S.H.I.E.L.D. was part of HYDRA. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tony Stark's dad, Howard Stark's, right? And Oh, wait, they just, they just, they just uh, mentioned his mom. See, she's a character. She's, she's important. In this movie. She's been mentioned again. Yeah. Yep. And so, there's the mentioned a thousand times, but sorry. Uh, no, 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 no. That's okay. So Reed Richards' dad and uh, Tony's dad were secret agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm-hmm. And the reason they've been gone this entire time is because they've been traveling through different times and dimensions, saving the universe. That's where they really are. Comics, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Comics. Now, see, in in Hick in Hickman's story, it's called it's called the Secret History of Shield, and you see these two characters because he actually shows Reed Richards' father leaving him as a child in the in his Fantastic Four run. And you're like, okay, that's kind of cool, and then he comes back to it in here, and they're literally traveling the universe, traveling different time portals and dimensions in Earth. Saving the universe, and they're on this secret mission for Shield. Like that's, I really hope that at some point in the movies, that's where they really are. I think it's so good. Well, no, they quite definitively kill Howard Stark. That's true. Movie. I forgot. He, he, You're he right. He gets his face bashed in by Bucky, by mind controlled Bucky, which makes it totally okay. But I don't think it does. I still think. I mean, I know it wasn't him, but it was him. I don't know. I have a real moral conundrum with that. Where do you stand on that? Oh, was it actually Bucky who killed him? Well, does should Bucky pay for the crimes that he committed under mind control, or is it like being no, absolutely temporarily not, absolutely insane? not, no, 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 absolutely not. And I, the movie definitely comes down on that side, and Cap comes down on that side. And again, the only justification this movie gives for Tony losing his shit is he killed my mom. Yeah, his mom. I will say the movie did this very well because we've spent so much. I, I I complained about it as a as a as a drawback, but it is is a bit of a virtue because we watch these characters interact so much and work together. This conflict is, while I think both sides are flawed in this 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 pseudo argument they're having, it's definitely set up better than Batman and Superman. Yes, because Bat- you understand where Batman's coming from, but Superman's such a wet blanket in Batman versus Superman that I don't really care what he thinks. Here, it's at least set up as as a you know genuine difference of opinion between people we know and have interacted with each other in a significant way. Whereas Batman is trying to avoid calamity, which is fine. I don't actually have. They did a great job of setting up Batman's motivations in Batman v Superman. And while the mo- while while the reasoning here is worse, I don't mind watching them duke it out as much because these are characters i know these are characters i like and just watching them have a difference of opinion and then fail to resolve it with words and actually having to punch each other works better the plotting isn't necessarily there to sustain it as well as i'd like 
but they make it so gosh darn delightful yes. along the way yes. that I can't help but be taken in and love it. Well, and that's the thing. The the whole plot to Civil War, even though this one is has different reasonings for it, this whole idea of superheroes, it's really simple. The whole idea of superheroes being monitored and superheroes needing needing some type of government regulation and some characters being for it and some characters not being for it. And then that forces them to come into conflict, into physical conflict based on the tension and what's happening. That makes sense. And you can hang your hat on that. Superman versus Batman, I, you know, they had, I think they had a really great... They op- don't like each other that they, much. Yeah, they just don't like each other that much. That's what it comes down to. And then it's, you know, it comes down to one fight. Oh, though, I was... We'll talk about this when we get to the big fight. I was sad that there was only one big fight and not several because there's there's several really good fights in the comic my problem was that the one big fight is the end of the second act it it's not the culminating moment it's it's the penultimate fight because then we need to throw in a wrench so that cap and iron man fight again and we can recreate you know the image of them the the energy blast we need that the energy blast yeah um I didn't like that. I wanted there to... Because by making it the end of Act 2 and then having no one actually die and just everyone kind of ends up in special ocean prison, it doesn't... It doesn't... I don't know. It it feels lacking to me dramatically. And it is. But, yeah, no, I agree. I wish they either had more fights that felt like they mattered or put the big fight at the end of the movie. So, like, that was where it ended. But, again, to put the big fight at the end of the movie if it's with each other, would mean someone in that fight has to be the antagonist. Yes. And they can't have that. Zemo is still technically the villain of this movie. And here he is trying to mind control Bucky. You know what? Zemo's just persistent. I, 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 you gotta admire him for that. He's just been, he says, oh, I read all the, all the hydrophiles that were leaked onto the internet. He's like that one person who reads all the WikiLeaks. Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. Could Bucky not tell them, guys? I'm I'm programmed by trigger words. You need to deprogram me. Uh, you know what? That's that. I retract that complaint. He hasn't had much time to talk to anybody in these movies. No, so. no one's interested in talking to him. They all consider him a terrorist. <laughs> I thought this scene was super cool. How it should have ended, I think, mocked the scene by just having Bucky put his fingers in his ears and go, la, 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 la. Oh, you didn't hear me, bud. I, or I didn't hear you. Yeah. See... Okay, so he's keep he keeps trying to figure out what happened December 19th, 1991. So he's fishing... He's fishing to find out what happened, which means he needs to know in advance. So, I guess he's a good improviser. <laughs> I think because he, he doesn't actually know what happened, or is he just trying to confirm what he thinks? He I already think he's knows? trying to confirm what he thinks he already knows. He, I mean, look at how far he's already come. I, I, I don't. I, I definitely don't think that. Oh yeah, this is great too. Yes. Yeah, the Russos are really good at fight scenes. And you're right. You know, this whole shaky cam thing, I feel like really, really found its home with uh, the Born Identity series. And I honestly thought the Born Identity fight scenes suffered so badly because of how 
bad that shaky and can re- is. That was really only two and three, but those yeah. were the two everyone loved. Like, everyone loved two. The yeah. first one's a bit cleaner. Yeah. Because Paul Greengrass shot all of all of. But you couldn't see a, a single punch thrown in part two. No. I felt like I couldn't see anything. I didn't even know what was happening half the time. That's why I love John Wick. John John Wick is clear. So, so, such I, clear I, I want Nick Fury. I want Nick Fury to tell, ask Wick to join the Avengers. I really do. <laughs> I'm really waiting for that scene. I will say, Zemo's obsession with what happened in December of 1991 does help Civil War to avoid, and I'm complaining about the end of Act 2 versus Act 3, Civil War doesn't have the Act 3 problems that a lot of the other Marvel movies have. No, it actually they amps keep, the ante. It keeps the conflict grounded. It isn't, we have to stop a bright light in the sky again, which I'm very grateful for that. Because it's, because it, they, they, they have the red herring of the other super soldiers in Siberia. Yep, yep. And then yep, yes. they turn out to be not a factor at all, so that Cap and Iron Man fight each other. Again, I'm never going to be 100% okay with, I don't care, he killed my mom. But the fact that they keep it between, you know, the two characters who've been conflicting the most in this movie, as opposed to, oh, we just got to fight a big bad now. We're going to forget everything we've said. It, it keeps the through line a bit clearer and actually pays it off in a significant way. Yep. And it, it what what you mentioned, Red Herring, it it's structured in such a way that almost feels like every other Marvel movie. And yes. then it twists And then it itself. really does subvert those expectations in a way I really enjoyed and really appreciated. Yep. And then what it really, what the, the one thing it also did really well that I thought it succeeded is that while we did not get another big fight from the superheroes... We got this brutal battle between it our two biggest gnarly. Marvel superhero stars. It, it's PG thirteen gnarly, but you still the way they shot it and cut it oh, and Henry Jackman's score, it's really uncomfortable. It feel, and then it nothing comes of it. No. Because then Cap Cap says and I'm sends an I'm sorry note to Tony at the end of the movie. So, you know, Bucky didn't really not Bucky, um Zemo didn't really break anything. They're they're fine. Now here comes the scene all the ladies loved. <laughs> No, I have I have I have friends who are like, oh my god, oh, I mean hell, it's damn impressive. Whoever you are, just him grabbing on, but him just pulling a helicopter back to the landing pad through strength, it's fracking awesome. I I saw Chris Evans about three or four weeks ago. He was Where, where'd uh, you see him? I saw him uh, in front in the. In the Promenade Center where Crunch Jim is. Oh, okay. So I saw him in the Promenade Center there. He's fucking huge. I believe The dude is... Look how big he is. He's so big. He's gigantic. With my arm. I will stop you with my arm. And actually, do you know what I like about, about his workout regime? Is that he actually got huge. It's not like... A lot of guys, you see them like bodybuilding today, and it's like they get shredded, but you wonder, like, are you eating enough? Yeah. Chris Evans, I believe, is eating everything that isn't tied down oh, and getting... Has to be, right? Yeah. He has to have like a 3,000 It's not just low body fat. Like, he got... He got... He got... He, he's bulked up. Mm-hmm. And into the water. They uh, wonderful use of sound and lack of sound. Like they'll take it away, or that high pitched sound that came from the bomb, or the music stops, and then they, they go into the water. I'd love the use of sound and non sound in this movie. 
The Marvel movies are uniformly very well made. I yes. haven't seen a poorly made Marvel movie no. yet. Okay, I'll, I'll tell you one piece that I thought was a little bit, was clearly... Po- in this movie? or No, or no. The, the post-credit scene that wasn't in the post-credits for Incredible Hulk, when Robert Downey walks in in what has to be the cheapest suit I've ever seen, which is just <laughs> so cheap. He walks in with this suit, and it it's so funny because I watched those films very close together, and you know he's in these like beautiful, gorgeous suits in Iron Man, and then and then there's Incredible Hulk, and he is in this god awful. It's like they were on like the Universal Studios lot or something, and they're just like, hey, we need navy blue, a white shirt, and a tie. Stat. And I don't even remember <laughs> if the suit was navy blue, but it. I remember he's just. Man, in they this couldn't loan cheap. one between productions. It looks so cheap, and not a lot of people have noticed that. But I, uh, my friend. James, who owns the comic shop Isotope in San Francisco, like the biggest, coolest, raddest comic shop ever in the world. And it's huge. It's a real big, influential comic shop. All the pros go there. But he noticed it. We talked about it ad nauseum at the time. He goes, that suit was so bad. And I was like, yeah, it was really bad. I love this. Your mom's name was Sarah, and you used to wear newspapers in your shoes. Okay, I'm pretty sure his mother's name was Public Knowledge. And, oh, I wore newspapers in my shoes. He was a child of the Great Depression. That could have been a lucky guess. <laughs> but Cap is naturally trusting. Unless unless you represent the government. You from the government? <laughs> you don't like your kind out here. So the the big battle, we'll talk a little bit about this more later. Remind me about that. We'll talk about where the big battle takes place. In Leipzig, I think. No, where it takes place in the comics. Oh, okay. I love that big font. Oh. Yeah, no, I just, I saw the twist coming, that we kept revisiting, that it was the same car crash from the beginning of the movie, and then, yeah, I don't know, I just, it made sense to me watching this movie. Yeah, you just called it, I didn't, I didn't know. Oh, so, in the beginning part, this, the scene of Bucky escaping is kind of the substitution for when they first capture cap mm-hmm. they bring cap in at the beginning of the comic and cap has to escape the shield headquarters uh-huh. he the final moment he jumps onto a, a fighter like a, a fighter plane like some giant plane like it, running a blank like the kind of planes they fly in, in top gun sure. <laughs> and, and he jumps on one of those and he instructs the pilot to keep flying and it, you know it's cap he's not going to say no to cap but it's right. this amazing scene of him like basically beating the crap out of like hundreds of shield (laughs) agents yeah this is this is a wonderful subplot that goes nowhere but it's you know it serves the greater purpose of getting cap and iron man to fight i love this i love this subplot because i thought i knew exactly where the story was going i thought this was all the big trap at the end cap and iron man were going to turn together join forces fight these 12 or whatever the remaining these super soldiers are and yeah. save the day and it totally didn't go there because i i thought that's where it was going to go because every yeah. marvel movie i'd ever seen because does I, that I, well because 
as we've said, they're never going to allow anyone to actually be the bad guy. In no. this. Not one of the heroes. So it's going to turn out they've been manipulated all along and they're all going to have to throw up that the fight at the airport's going to be the end of act two. And then they're going to fight a big bad later on. Yep. And then, no, they, they definitely pulled the rug there. And I, I liked that they did. I did too. I thought that was really good. Like we talked about, definitely easily the best third act of any of the movies I've seen so far. Not that that is a very high bar to clear. (laughs) Act three of Marvel movies are terrible. Atrocious. Well, you know, if it's, I, you know, I don't like, I don't, I don't want to bash, but I will say I thought the final pages of civil war were were comic or a little, a little weak, a little, it's a little, doesn't he just surrender me? Well, he sort of surrenders. He gets tackled by this fireman, a guy dressed in a fireman suit, a guy dressed in a cop suit, and like a teacher. I say this like they're extras or something when it was comics. <laughs> but like he gets by all these basically civil servants from mm-hmm. New York grab him and I, it was supposed to be symbolic of, you know, of his civil duty and stand down and I just thought it was so corny. And let me let me let me not walk it back. Uh, I plot-wise, I'm I'm very not keen on a lot of the act 3s in the Marvel movies. Like they're fun action but the keep going plot doesn't quite bear them out ever it usually just ends up being well i guess we're just gonna attack stuff which is why i tend to like the more simplistic... we have a dog bark oh, let me go get stop that dog you keep going that's why i tend to like the more the more simplistic ones there's only a few of those part of me really loves um thor the dark world though and i've, I've said it before thor the dark world sets itself up it says hey there are there are elves in space and and they want to wreck stuff and then the movie drops the mic and that's the entire plot of the movie there's really not much more complicated going on so when you get to the third act that's just a lot of action and noise why yeah that's exactly what the movie promised all along whereas you have iron man 3 where it sets up the whole post-traumatic stress disorder that he completely gets past very quickly to in order to in order to fight the criminals at the end and i could i could go on and on and on but spider-man's about to get introduced so we need to talk about spider-man queens okay so this is why he needed to be in this movie vince (laughs) here we go it's because spider-man is the heart and soul of the of the marvel universe he is the heart he's the heart he really is the he is he's the heart and soul he's the that he's been described in the past as like the voice the voice of innocence he is the voice of youth he's the voice of wonder he's the heart he's the heartbeat of the marvel universe in a way that no other character is he's the conscience of the marvel universe and it really isn't about the character it's more about what he represents to the the moral compass of the the marvel universe itself and that's why he was so he was such an integral part to the civil war storyline in the in the comics but more importantly what he represents it's why he needed this it's really not even about civil war the movie it's about the fact that he just needed to be back in the marvel universe like spider-man has to be part of the avengers spider-man has to be in the marvel universe he's just he's so central to the emotional compass that is the marvel universe that you can't not have him be in the marvel universe i can deal with the x-men I can live with that. It doesn't, you know, I, I don't like it, but I can live with it. But I, you can't live with it. You can't have Spider-Man not be in the Marvel Universe. You can't. It's just not, it just doesn't work, in my opinion, at all. It doesn't. Okay, so I don't disagree with you on any particular <laughs> point. But. However. <laughs> however. Um, 
Okay, I don't read comics. Yes, okay, I can believe... Everything I know about Spider-Man, I can believe him being the heart and soul of the Marvel Universe. But he wasn't set up for this. He's purely dropped in. And I think considering he was dropped in, they did a very admirable job with the character. I may have even written it at the time when I wrote my review of Civil War that he's the best version of Spider-Man we've seen on screen. And a lot of people said that. Yes. But now thinking about it, I think that does a disservice to like a lot of the good stuff the Sam Raimi movies did, by which I mean Spider-Man 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. Um, because, yes, the youthful exuberance and, and you know, childlike wonder that, that we associate with Spider-Man, even though I realize he's not a kid anymore in the comics, or is he? I don't know. I think Peter Parker's Spider-Man. I don't, yeah. know, I, don't, I don't know anything about Miles Morales or his characterization, but Peter Parker's Spider-Man. Um, Tom Holland nails the youthful exuberance, and I love in the fight. He just seems to be so excited to be out there, and he's amazed by everything. And he loves science, and he loves working with tech, and he's dumpster diving for a DVD player, and he's got an old Mac, and he's it's great. And this scene is wonderful. These two are acting the crap out of a pretty well-written scene. But he has no personal stake in this fight in civil war he's all he's been an established superhero he's he's again the heart and soul of the universe whereas here he's showing up for the first time and has only been spider-man for six months gets via, dropped via one youtube clip via that. some youtube clips <laughs> he gets dropped in with no explanation to anyone and leaves as quickly as he shows up stark just goes okay you're done it's it could not be less artful if they just had a marvel exec show up and go okay cash that check baby we got (laughs) spider-man you guys um so that is my problem with it tom holland does a great job i like what they give him to do and i like the characterization i don't think he works as well as he could in this movie because he wasn't set up to be a part Part of this world yeah but having said that you have to admit it's pretty good oh absolutely love it love it as shoehorning goes this is better shoehorning than the youtube clips of the justice league in (laughs) batman v superman i get the sense that peter parker is a person with wants and hopes and dreams and and demons Because at least they do not talk about great power, great responsibility, and we don't have to watch Uncle Ben die again. Yes. Because Amazing Spider-Man, I love Martin Sheen, and I love Sally Field. I really liked Amazing Spider-Man. Did you like Amazing Spider-Man? I found it redundant. It wasn't bad. Because it was just too close to what we'd already just seen. Yes. You could see them wanting to write with great power comes great responsibility, but knowing they couldn't put that in a movie again. Again. Yeah. So it hit a lot of the same notes for me. I like Andrew Garfield as Peter Parker better, as Spider-Man rather, better than um, Tobey Maguire. Yep, I agree. As Peter Parker, I thought they were both really good in different ways, but I thought Andrew Garfield captured more, and Tom Holland captured even more of the snarkiness and exuberance that I want from a Spider-Man. Yeah, the youthful exuberance. You know, I heard this, and I, I, you know, you said something interesting right now that I don't completely disagree with. Is that um, I've I've heard and I've had agree, I've agreed and repeated this many times. Is that they they captured more of Spider Man in this twenty minutes than all than the, all the previous films combined. And I don't disagree with that. But but, but it also I, captured a lot of the cosmetic stuff about Spider Man, which is not unimportant. But as a character, he's a non entity in this movie. Yes, he has no stake in the fight. He has no reason to be there, and he leaves 
just as unceremoniously. And and you 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 did say I think I think it is it, it's important to put that asterisk this, that in no way is a disservice to what the other Spider-Man movies did right. And you're the first person I ever heard to add that little blip to it. And I agree with that. I do think the one cheat that Marvel has over everybody is that it's their characters. And they've got it's their characters, it's their writers, it's all their people. You know what I mean? Like, right. But your DreamWorks is never going to do a Pixar movie better than Pixar, even if they somehow got the rights to some of those characters. I still believe that if they were to bring them back to that house, Pixar is going to do them better because well, of there's a, there's a creative methodology over yes. there that's going to make sure it's it's. T- I've I've having never seen Cars, I've never seen a bad Pixar movie. Yes, I agree. I the same thing. I've never seen Cars, so I've never seen a bad Pixar movie. But this idea, you know. You can't beat Marvel at their own game. You've got all these outside writers trying to understand and do concepts on characters that Marvel has they, they created and they've been writing for over seventy years. So right. Um, so here's Hawkeye. Similarly, no, no, no dog in this fight. Really, I mean, he has a dog in the fight, but I don't get why he's on Tony's side. Now I saw a video, not Tony's side, sorry, Cap's side. Now I saw a video that does say he feels an obligation to Wanda because Peter sacrificed himself. For Hawkeye. Okay, but that isn't even brought to bear in this movie at all. You mm-hmm. can bring that with you from Age of Ultron if you want, but Hawkeye's just kind of here because it wouldn't be the same without him. We need, we need bow and arrow guy. At least, at least bow, bow and arrow, arrow guy, guy. Is, is useful in this context because they're mostly just fighting people as opposed to aliens or robots. At the risk of sounding um, even more pessimistic, we. We need bow and arrow guy, or we need an actor who can come in at a at a reasonable rate for for their fourth or fifth Marvel appearance. Yes, Jeremy now, Renner costs money, but does he cost too much money? Does he cost too much money? Exactly. Now, the two characters noticeably absent from this are Hulk and Thor, which are they're in. Well, Hulk's not in Civil War. Hulk's stuck in Planet Hulk, but Thor. Thor makes a wonderful appearance. Now, actually, it's Clone Thor, right? Or Robo Thor. Thor? Yeah, it's Clone Thor. We're going to talk about that when we get to the battle. I have so much to talk about with this battle, but I'm saving it. I'm saving it until we get there. This scene is cool. Scarlet Witch is cool. And Jeremy Renner's great as Hawkeye, I should say. They mm-hmm. when they finally get when Joss Whedon gave him stuff to do in Age of Ultron, he was hysterical and mm-hmm. he was he was a lot of fun. There is this super cool scene where is it Spider-Man? I I'm trying to remember if it's Spider-Man. I, I it's it's from the new Avengers Civil War line. They're basically transporting Spider-Man. I believe it's Spider-Man. They're transporting him from one end of New York to the other. And Cap and Luke Cage's Avengers, they break Wait, him Luke out. Wait, Luke Cage's Avengers? Yeah, Luke Cage is one of the leaders of the Avengers. He was the leader of the new Avengers, and then I believe Cap was the leader of just the traditional Avengers. Everyone has been an Avenger at some point or another. Pretty now, much right? everybody. Okay. Yeah, you know they've been trying, they've been wanting to bring back forever the West Coast Avengers because they're based out of L.A., which I'm okay with that. <laughs> I love how Sharon, there are no repercussions for Sharon helping them. No. And she barely appears again in this movie, I think. No. Yeah, barely. She's wasted. I think that's Emily I, Van Camp. Like, she's been 
good. She's got personality, and they like flesh it in a bit. But now they're they're a thing. But that wasn't really established in Winter Soldier. They were neighbors, and she was spying on him. You'd think that would make him distrust her. But I mean, she also looks like Emily Van Camp, and he looks like Chris Evans. You know what, you guys, you you. You go for it. Go I'm, for I'm it. And I love the reaction shot they cut to with, with, with Bucky and, and Sam after after this. But, um, sorry, what were you going to say? I was going to say, you know, I think she's a great actress. I, I don't always believe that she's a secret agent. She just looks, she, I don't know, she just doesn't look tough enough. Like Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Okay, sorry. Such a bro moment. Yeah. Bros. They both smile. In that moment, they all they all join in unison for, for bro-ship. Sure. But I don't I don't know. I, I just... I, I don't know. She... Sharon Carter in the comics, to me, looks tougher and looks... I don't know. I just... I think she looks a little soft. I like... All the other women in the, in the Marvel Universe, I feel like they look tough and they look like, like... Like Scarlet Witch looks like... I don't know. She looks like gothic and weird. Looks like she can kick some ass. And like with her weird superpowers. Scarlet... Or Sharon Carter is um she's not a superpowered person so she kind of is more built on her physical strengths and mm-hmm. i don't know like black widow looks tough sharon carter doesn't look super tough to me here is paul rudd as ant-man yep he has even less of a reason to be in the. Actually, i think he's been sleeping in that van since ant-man i think he's just been cr- hanging out in that van <laughs> since ant-man well no in ant-man he, he reunites with his daughter and so just throwing in with with cap here jeopardizes that whole thing so i could be a jerk and say this is a comment on recidivism in the in the u.s prison system (laughs) he just doesn't know how to avoid a life of wrongdoing and crime but that's absolutely reading too much into this they just wanted ant-man in this movie and he was a character they had who'd been who'd been introduced and paul rudd could come at a reasonable rate oh this isn't a contract like he this was they 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 pre-negotiated this um i'm sure had to have it's like it's like when they said, "Oh, Samuel L. Jackson has a contract for nine movies. If he showed up for five minutes or or fifty minutes, it was he was probably getting paid the same amount of money." But, probably. Um, no, Paul Rudd's great as Ant Man. If you should go, you should circle back and look at Ant Man because Ant Man was actually a very entertaining Marvel movie. I want to circle back. I just have to see it. At some oh, finally the big battle, uh, I which wanna... they don't have to march into. By the way, they they they. But man, yeah. they have they have a really cool march in the comic yes. too. It was so good. So this battle takes place at the end of issue four, I believe. It ends in issue four, which is basically the midway points. By the way, you audience can't see this, but that's Cap on the on the fray. I'm showing. Oh, very nice. I'm showing Vince some some parts <laughs> of the comic. We have it here just for reference, so I can reference some of this. Rudy's reference because I haven't read it. He hasn't read it. No. The battle. So I feel like this is a this is a my mother's been kidnapped moment if he just said, "Tony, he's he's under brain control. We just need to find the little red book and destroy it and then find a good deprogrammer." Can we put him in your holodeck and deprogram him that way? I feel like any number of explanations they could give could help explain this, but because everyone's being dense, now they got to fight. Mm-hmm. So, in response to what you were saying, the battle in gosh, I love I love everything about Spider Man. <laughs> I really it, it like warms my heart so much to have him talking like Spider Man and acting just like Spider Man and looking just like Spider Man. <laughs> 
So the fight in this comic begins in the third issue, which is basically what we consider the start of the second act of a comic. Gotcha. So it's it's right where you said it needed to be, where it's, it, it really isn't in here. We're 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 at the end, almost at the end of the second act. Yes. Here. It it starts there, and then. The issue ends with the appearance of Thor, who in the comics has been dead. And so you're not really sure how or why he's even back in the middle of this issue. Which gotcha. was, it was one of the best uh, one of the best cliffhangers. It was at the end of issue three when Thor comes back. Because they're literally all fighting, and then lightning strikes, and everyone turns, and Thor's just standing there holding this hammer in the rain, and you have no idea which side he's on. And then it ends. <laughs> it was such a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful spot to break the third issue. But yeah, it's at the beginning, and so that just increases all the stakes for the fight. This this fight is just so much fun, but I, I never feel any real sense of threat during this fight. And I don't care. I have way too much fun watching it. I agree. I agree with all that. Now, in the comic, there is a huge death scene in this. Mm-hmm. And so, who dies? It's it's an old comic. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you I'm gonna tell you when they hearken to it in in the here in the movie. <laughs> That's great. Somewhere in here, you can see the Bluth stair car from Arrested Development because the Russos directed a bunch of episodes of Arrested Development, if not the pilot. Oh, really? Yes. I didn't know that. How did I not know that? I God, love this. I, this I, is a great moment. Uh, him, like, just the uh, the the joy of seeing the metal arm, like. And then later on, when he's he's interacting with the shield, and he goes, you know, that thing doesn't obey the laws of physics. <laughs> wow. I now find myself looking for that blue car. What? Sorry? I find myself looking for the stair car. We may have seen it already, yeah. or... Maybe we see it when they charge at each other later for, like, the really big wrestling match. Because we they haven't they haven't done the lineup yet where they all they all charge at each yeah. other because Vision hasn't shown up yet. Hawkeye's outfit also much much closer to the Ultimates version. Than- now that is, I'm not like super familiar with the comics, Hawkeye's outfit traditionally is ridiculous. It's, it's, I don't think it's very cool. I like the, the purple with the with the ears with the ears. Yeah, what like, what is that? It's like Batman meets Green Arrow, I guess. That's what I feel like it's a little bit like. Now, I think a lot of Spider-Man's outfits are pretty good, but this one's still my favorite. And they managed to capture all, like literally every movement he does looks like it was pulled off of the page. Now, I think the other ones, I think Raimi did some wonderful jobs of making him look very close to the comic in his big sweeping moments of him flying through the city. But sure. every movement here is from the comic. To me, it looks just like every every drawing I've ever seen of him. Yeah, there's not this much talking, which is a funny line, except all anyone does in Marvel fights is talk. Yes. Like, there's so much chatter in, in Marvel fights, but... Mm-hmm. <laughs> awesome. Sorry, we're just kind of watching along now. I apologize if, if there are more gaps here than usual because this fight scene's amazing. This fight scene is. Too this isn't good. the boring dialogue scenes no. with the characters. This and is this is this is why everyone came to see the movie. They still should have had one more battle. They should have had one more battle, and like you understand why people enjoyed watching this scene. You understand why people enjoyed this more than the Batman v Superman fight because. 
Batman v Superman fight is just misery. It's the dourness. It's the lack, the total lack of humor. And that's that. still fun to watch, but there, there's no. And of course, you know, we're saying that, but two two people trying to beat the ever loving crap out of each other. Why isn't there joy in this? <laughs> like <laughs> tonally, this, this is fun? probably a little disingenuous. And by a little, I mean it's completely disingenuous tonally. Don't care. Again, it's superheroes. I want my superheroes to be. So this is the Thor moment, basically. This okay. is the Thor moment from the comic now, but Vision is in the place of Thor. So wait, does Thor die in the fight? Wait, so Thor. So it's not revealed in that. Oh, it- does Rhodey actually die in Civil War? No, Ro- Rhodey's no. I'll show you who's gonna die. I'm still waiting. I'm still holding on to it. But Thor, Thor, Thor is on the side of Cap's side. Okay. So he essentially, and he stops the battle midway through. This, this is what Vision's position is in this movie from the comic. So then they all come charging at each other. This part is so good. This is so good. I mean, you just live for this, right? This is what you want to see. This is what we all want. And this was the moment they put in all the trailers, sans Spider-Man. There's the stair car. Oh! It was there. It was, it, it was there. I, I missed it. Yeah, Rudy missed it. it back. And you see it while they're charging at each other. Now, I mean, look at this. Everyone's fighting each other, and at no point, at point, at any point, at any time in this fight, do I feel like anyone's in danger of killing the edge, or even know. getting hurt, or even getting hurt. Well, oh, because they've taken harder hits than this and bounced right back. They're let let, let the petty humans yeah. fight each other. They're sparring. Hey, Black Widow, I don't know if you've ever been in a fight before, but there's usually not this much talking. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I can I can do that line too. I can. Oh. And she's still ambulatory after that. You're pulling your punches. You're all pulling your punches. Can you imagine if... And the closest they get to stakes in this fight is Vision accidentally harms Rhodey. Mm-hmm. Isn't that a great question, though? Then why did you run? That was a great question. Uh, I believe in the in the U.S. legal system, if, if you run, they can use that to establish guilt. So yep. I, I guess it fits. <laughs> As I say, Spider-Man, very skilled combatant, even though he's been Spider-Man for six months. Oh, yeah. Again, he's the Spider-Man we want. He's not necessarily the Spider-Man that makes sense. <laughs> 100%. They were just like, look, we're just going to... Again, Like he's a character, given all the movies and how famous he is. I mean, arguably, you know... You could get second... away with doing no origin story. Yeah. From, it's like Batman. If yeah. you introduce Batman without an origin story, people are... Which, I hope to God they stop doing the origin story thing. I'm getting so tired of origin. Doctor Strange, which opened last night and which I saw last night, was another godforsaken origin story. And if I never see another one again, I'd probably be disappointed. But you could do, you could, I'd, I'd be, just, origin stories are okay, but that's, that's, there's so many of them now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you could do Spider-Man without an origin. We all know him. Yeah. He's, he's been in five movies. We know, everyone knows the origin. I love the eyes. I love the black the black eyeline around the eyes. That's really good. Yeah, so okay, Spider-Man just lifted an entire or is at least not being actively crushed by looks a like gangway. It looks like it look, looks like he's it's buckling. Down. He's buckling. <laughs> you know, but how often do we see 
Iron Man's weapons go offline. I feel like every film they go offline. This for, for such a technological genius, this suit is really vulnerable at all times. Well, it's it's vulnerable to the little man who can slip between the cracks. I mean, yeah, that I that I believe. But no, but I feel like every movie his his weapons and systems go offline. Well, yeah, because if they didn't go offline, he's almost unstoppable. Yes, exactly. Because, you know... It's like, it's comics. And also, it's like Superman. Well, we got to knock Superman out of the fight, or this fight's going to be way over over way too quickly. This isn't the real fight. You know, I was asking myself, but wait, why is he getting this gang together? It's to stop the super soldiers they thought existed. Mm Mm-hmm. So that actually does kind of make sense. For for a few minutes there, I was seeing this now for the fourth time. I was thinking, wait, are they just collecting these people so they can fight each other? But no, there 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 are stated plot reasons. Paul Rudd's just, Paul Rudd's really good in the role, like doing handling the the humor. He is. This is such this is such a well done scene. And I did not see Giant Man coming, but also I didn't even know Giant Man was a thing. So So Giant Man is the guy who is murdered by Thor in Civil War. So Giant Man it, Is it Hang Pym or Scott Lang or someone? It's uh, it's it's um it's the African American Giant Man, of course. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> of course, of course they killed a black giant man. You know. Um he We're not intentionally being quiet, Rudy. Rudy's looking up who, which giant man got killed. Yeah, it's the black giant man. I don't remember what his real name is. But what this this part is actually in the comic was so good because Thor gets down there. They're fighting. Giant man gets up and he goes to Thor. Thor throws his hammer through his chest. And then Thor turns and like that makes Cap's whole crew go, oh, shit just got real. Uh, Whoa, we've got a dead guy. And then right when Thor, it looks like he's about to attack them, Mm -hmm. Sue Richards, Reed's wife, blocks them with her power. And at that moment, she's now against her own husband. And so now you're like, oh, so now. And then you've got, she's like looking and she's like, this is too much. And so Sue like defects in the middle of battle against her husband's team and protects Cap's team. Okay. So good. So good. If we could have, if we could have had one, 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 maybe one death or one turn. That would have been pretty good. Well, we have the one turn, which is Black Widow, where she goes. I said I'd help you chase them, not that I'd help you catch them. There's yes. a difference. Yes. Black Widow, master of semantics. Yeah, double agent to the end. But Giant Man is the one who dies. So actually, at this moment, I thought, are they going to kill Ant Man? No. No one dies in that Marvel Cinematic Universe except no. for Tony's father. Well, and now they will. Now they will. Now they will because we have multiverse. Spoiler alert. Uh, sorry. <laughs> By the time anyone listens to this, Doctor Strange will have been out a week. And the multiverse isn't a spoiler. <laughs> yeah. The multiverse existed. Come on. Was that the Was that the car again? Was that the Arrested Development? Uh, it might have been. It looked yeah, like that's it. that's the stair car right there. Off to the left. We just keep missing the stair car. For I, I think I saw it right when he was standing right by it. <laughs> Is Vision's origin in the comics similar to what it is in Age of Ultron, or was that a complete contrivance of of the movie? No, I think he is invented by Iron Man. I know Ultron's invented by Hank Pym. That I know, and that they changed for the mm-hmm. for the movie. 
No, Ultron invented Vision. Oh, that actually happened. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's that's all correct. And pretty much after this fight, Black Widow disappears from this movie. She has one final scene where they're like, they're going to come after you, Black Widow. And she goes, I'm not the one who needs to be frightened, which is badass. And yeah, I wouldn't want to be the guy on the task force having to chase Black Widow. But I liked the Star Wars reference here. All owned by the same company. Totally legit. Corporate synergy is great. (laughs) Yeah. Well, because, you know, in 20... 40 we're gonna get the inevitable star wars marvel crossover i'm just waiting for marvel to reacquire the rights to the x-men aren't we all that's the thing when wolverine comes back it has to be because marvel owns the character because hopefully marvel wolverine's gonna go on movie hiatus now that now that hugh jackman's retiring well i feel i feel but i feel like x-men have kind of i mean their their well is drying up the the third the third first class was critically and critically panned and the audiences didn't seem to really resonate with it hughes walking out after old man logan i could definitely i mean now you know obviously money wise fox doesn't want is going to do everything in their power but i could see them kind of pulling a sony and running it into the ground okay you see here it's spider-man is just going home and we never see spider-man again he gets the post-credit scene and that's it Mm -hmm. He endangered the life of a child to fight someone at an airport. This fight would have gone probably exactly the same. Not exactly the same, but... We wouldn't have had that great Empire Strikes Back joke. No, we would not have. They would not have been able to do the, the Walker takedown of, of Giant Man. The cost of this fight? Rhodes... Is not dead. <laughs> of course, Rhodes hasn't been shot yet, so. And War Machine wasn't that well used in any of these movies, so. I, I, I'm i one of those guys that's, I don't know. War Machines, I feel like there's a much better version of War Machine. He exists in the DC universe. His name is Jon Stewart, and he's a Green Lantern. Right. I feel like that guy... That guy is the best. He's our, he's my favorite Green Lantern, even over uh, Kyle Rayner, but who's Latino? That's you know that's tough for me to step away from my sure, Latino of course, guys. being a Latino person. But um, yeah, I I don't know. War Machine's cool, but eh, I liked Iron Patriot a lot better, who was played by Norman Osborn in the in the comics. Yeah, someone told me, did isn't an Iron Patriot created by Norman Osborn just to screw with Tony? Yes, and it comes after. So Civil War leads into the sequel, which I, I hope they do at some point, called Secret Invasion. Civil War goes into and Secret Invasion. Basically what Brian Bendis had been doing was genius, one of the writers at Marvel. He had been, uh, who's also the creator of Powers, which was a, a Is now off show. of the PlayStation Network. Yeah, it got canceled the, after two seasons. Yeah, I, I don't know. The, the comic was, I thought, a lot more daring. But the Bendis had been secretly replacing marvel characters with um oh my gosh i'm losing all of my street cred right downey's cry like was looked looked very sad though in that moment he did it very well yes that sounds very simplistic and like i'm mocking how well he looked sad i'm not that i i you feel his pain he he acts the crap out of out of all of tony's twists and turns in this movie motivated or not now see here's zemo he calls the hotel chambermaid so that they go to his hotel room 
and find the dead scientist mm-hmm. in his bathroom. And didn't check out. So rude. Um, and poor, poor, poor chambermaid. Like she has to see a dead body. She's she's not gonna sleep for for a while. For a while. For a month at least. So okay, so Secret Invasion is the story of the shape shifting scrolls. There's these scrolls that are basically one some of the big foils uh, against the Fantastic Four. Okay. They have the ability to shape shift, but what they figure out is how to shape shift in such a way that none of Fantastic Four, none of the the characters in the Marvel universe are able to detect that they've shape shifted. Right? Oh, okay. And so for three years, Bendis had been secretly stealing these characters without telling anybody else in the company. And he actually, when he finally revealed, he goes, I want to do this story called Secret Invasion. I've been secretly stealing all of these characters. He was like, to prove it, he's like, oh, this issue, that issue. And like, when you when you go back and read them, you're like, oh my God. He had like hid these tiny Easter eggs that showed the <laughs> moment where he, and he'd been doing it for three years. He goes, how long have you been doing this? He goes, three years. When are you going to tell me? When were you going to tell me? And he goes, well, I just did right now. And so... <laughs> He dropped this on everyone. After Secret Invasion, there's this huge fallout of the battle, and Norman Osborn takes over S.H.I.E.L.D., and he becomes Iron Patriot. Okay. A way to mock the, you know, Tony Stark's and, and Captain America, who's dead, you know, and also Rob. Shot with feathers. time bullets. Yeah, time bullets. But we don't know that. We don't know that at the time. And we don't know that at the time. At ah! the time bullets. Here all night, folks. Yeah, so, which Batman also died by time bullets. Time bullets. Like ScarJo, she looks like she can kick some ass. Maybe it's oh, the yeah. suit. They had to hide her pregnancy during Age of Ultron, but like she still looked like she could kick your ass. And oh yeah, hair, absolutely. But Rhodey absolutely is the best case scenario. That that he's not dead. He's not dead. And and he's learning to walk again by the end of the movie. I'm not. This is not to like undersell i'm sure the actual trauma roadie would go through or you know tony would parapoli- paraplegia or any of that i'm not i'm not trying to undersell that but again the worst thing that happens here is in a universe of advanced technology where someone could probably walk again you know i'm, I'm having trouble feeling that oh this is this is stuff's different now you telling me Thor killing giant man and someone actually dying and then someone changing sides because of that. That's that's a dramatic turn. I love this. And here's... Okay, so, sorry. I love this. Context, listeners. This is... Uh, they're flying to the ocean prison. Tony Tony's talking to Friday right now. Um, and um, Tony's on his way to the ocean prison. This ocean prison is apparently run by Thunderbolt, who's no longer in the U.S. military. He seems to be... Uh, he's the Secretary of State. He's the Secretary of State of the United States government. He seems to be running ocean prison. <laughs> so what in, in what universe... Obviously the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but, but how are they justifying the Secretary of State running secret ocean prison filled with super-powered international lawbreakers. Like, I feel like, would they not... Is, is that like a Hague? Does the Hague run that prison out in the middle of the ocean? Is that is that where they keep the super-powered people before they, they, they bring them in for violating the accords? I, I, 
I can't wrap my head around Ocean Prison. I'm sorry, I've been saying the phrase a lot, but I I know no other way to describe it other than Ocean Prison. The the Ocean Prison also exists in the Marvel comics, and they do fight on it in Civil War, too. So it is is a little bit of a throwback to that. This, This red herring was so good. This was so good. This was the best third act I've seen. Now, you know, interestingly enough, According to Mark Miller, which, you know, sometimes you have to take what he says with a little bit of a grain of salt. Mark Miller was the, when they got the brain, the Marvel brain chest together for Iron Man, the original Iron Man, Mark Miller was the, the movie. One, yeah, the movie. Mark Miller was the one who told them, you can't have, um, you can't have uh, the Mandarin as the villain. He goes, it's too dated. It's racist. It's never going to work. Your, your villain is Obadiah. He's the real villain. And, and then. And apparently John Favreau and his team had said, oh, we were actually setting up Obadiah. This was actually just to foreshadow him because we wanted to be our big bad of Iron Man 2. And he goes, it doesn't work. He goes, look, Obadiah is your villain. Make him the villain. So it, that's that's why, which I remember even after I saw the very first Iron Man, I thought, oh, it's great. The third act's kind of a mess, but it's great. They basically started rewriting the script on the fly to make Obadiah the villain because Mark Miller had basically convinced them and had won the convincing that the Mandarin was just too dated and racist of a character, and it didn't really work in a modern world. Iron Man, when he was created, was against the Cold War. He came out of the Korean War. And so, and the that, Mandarin's another Fu Manchu stereotype. Exactly. Exactly. And so uh, Mark Miller was the one who convinced him, and so they rewrote the ending. And thus, in some ways, you could say that Mark Miller not only is responsible for c- Civil War, but he's— But he created the first Marvel third act he in did. the cinematic universe. Yes, you got it. That's exactly it. Yeah, the Marvel, the Iron Man third act, kind of a mess. Iron Man 2, I love the setup for Iron Man 2 so, so much because so many second installments of superhero movies say, oh, do I, do I want to do this anymore? Do I want to sacrifice my life? And Iron Man is there saying, no, 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 no. You're not taking my superpowers away from me. I'm going to do this even if it kills me because guess what? It's actually killing me. Mm-hmm. Wearing this suit is going to make me die. And I love that. And then I didn't. Whiplash wasn't very well handled as a villain in Iron Man Two. I didn't feel the threat, and too much of Iron Man Two was also given over to setting up the Avengers. Yes, I agree with that. A lot of good ideas in Iron Man Two, and again, that that is a trend through a lot of the Marvel movies, where a lot of good ideas, a lot of good setup, they don't know how to pay it off because they gotta divert it into this action climax that feels somewhat divorced from everything that came before it. So the thing that I'm looking up that uh, Iron Man, the, my favorite thing about Iron Man 2 is that it has his silver centurion suit. So when I was a kid. Oh, mobile Iron Man? Yeah. When I was a kid, I when I first was being introduced, I knew Iron Man through my 80s toy of him, dating myself, the red and yellow one. But then the very first comics I ever read that were Iron Man were the West Coast Avengers comics. And he had the silver and red suit, the silver okay. centurion suit. So that was my introduction to Iron Man was that suit. So for years, I always associated him with that because from my childhood, whenever I think of Iron Man as a kid, I always picture him in that suit. And when he put that suit on during the car race scene... I lost my mind, and I was like, <laughs> "Yes, the Silver Centurion is back. That's the suit that he could." I really wish he would just stay in that suit. I would have no problem with him being in the silver suit. I would be totally okay with it. Right now, Tony and Hawkeye are arguing with each other, and I'm completely on Tony's side in this scene. One hundred percent. I'm always on Tony's side during these arguments. And they basically, and he just talked to, to Scott Lang, and it's like they basically put in the movie, "Ant Man, you have no reason to be here. I don't know who you are." <laughs> 
the O.J. Simpson reference in this scene I was lost on me when, when I first saw it. It had to be explained to me later. Wait, um, there's an O.J. reference? Watch this. Mark Furman on oh, my ass. That's, yeah, that, yeah. Um, I, and then, of course, between this movie coming out and now, I watched The People versus O.J. Simpson, so I, I know that quite well. But I was, <laughs> I was a little young when O.J. happened to... to I was too, but it was one of those moments where we're going way off topic. But it was one of those moments where I I remember exactly where I was when they announced the verdict. Yes, yeah, I totally I remember. Have no memory of that. Yeah, that was one of those for me. That was one of my very first. Like I remember where I was the moment I saw that go down. <laughs> but yeah, Tony's still completely in the right with Hawkeye. Where he's like, "What about your wife? What about your children?" I just want to say to Hawkeye, Hawkeye, you had no dog in this fight. Mm-hmm. You you they gave you no stated reason. Why are you so angry about this? Other than you took a shellacking. You 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 kind of retired. And Natasha even says earlier in the movie that he'd retired. Thunderbolt Ross. I like that they basically said no 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 incredible hulk happened. You're not running from the Incredible Hulk movie. You know, my favorite part about the Incredible Hulk movie was the scene where Ed Norton's walking down the dirt road and his clothes are ripped and they play the Lonely Man oh, song yeah, that's, from the you can't, you can't not You can't not love that moment. I love that moment. That I, loved, I loved the pre credit scene, Cheap Suit and All, with uh, Tony and I Thunderbolt Navarre. I loved that. Yeah. Um, the Incredible Hulk actually fell asleep during parts of it. I saw that in the theaters in Times Square. <laughs> Not opening day. I saw it like in the middle of the day on a Friday and fell asleep watching Ooh. it. Um, it is canon, though. It's official. I it's like official. With, with Thunderbolt Ross being here. Thunderbolt Ross and, and Mark Ruffalo mentions Breaking Harlem the last time he went to New York. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, we're getting to it. I do like that Zemo basically drove up to Siberian compound in a tractor. (laughs) Did he have that much time to drive up to Siberian compound in a tractor? Honestly, his his access to resources is incredible. Right. I mean, all you need to access WikiLeaks is a computer. I'm sorry, Black Widow Leaks is a computer. But, But yeah, where does he just get a tractor from? Did he just pay for the tractor? Isn't that always the big question, though? Where do villains get their funding I mean, we know where the where the superheroes get it from, but like, where did Joker ever get the money to do all this stuff? He stole the money. He robbed a bank, and he then he paid for it. Well, that was always my argument with Die Hard. They want all the they want the millions of dollars in bearer bonds. Why don't you just sell all the black market weapons you're using to steal the bonds? <laughs> Those have got to be worth a couple of bucks, right? Right. Especially in the hands of terrorists. Come yeah. On. So I absolutely one hundred percent thought they were about to walk. In, into a room full of super soldiers and when then, this when this scene happened and Iron Man was gonna gonna step in and they were gonna all step aside their differences for the common good and that would be the end of the Civil War and that's all we were gonna get was that one battle that's what I that thought. meant nothing that meant nothing it, it basically they would have put it at Superman v Batman right there yeah it would if they'd have done that it might have gone into that because that's also what happened in Batman v Superman because yeah. Batman v Superman was oh they're gonna fight a little and then they had to fight Doomsday yeah mm-hmm. sorry. I... Yeah, don't even get me started. We have that whole commentary. Go check out that commentary because we go through all of that as yes. well. Lots of inside baseball in that one too. That's right. This whole movie takes place over like 
72 hours or something. It does, doesn't it? The timeline's really not that long. Because they only have, like, 36 hours to to recruit Spider-Man, which means he flies from Germany to Queens, recruits Spider-Man, flies back to Germany, and then they have the fight. A lot of wasted time just to recruit a child to fight in your war. <laughs> I like how angry you are about them bringing in, which is justified bringing in an underaged kid to fight an adult war between superpowered beings. And Again, has- I do not disagree with anything you say about Spider-Man or his place in the Marvel Universe. I'm just saying, let's look at it in the context <laughs> of the movie they've created here. It's problematic in it's a couple most, of ways. It's probably the most villainous thing uh, Iron Man does <laughs> in the entire movie. Is child this. endangerment. Child endangerment. Where's the UN now? <laughs> and you know, out, what, out of like three YouTube clips, he's like, yeah, this guy could take on Cap. Sure. Why yeah. not? Yeah, he could take on a super soldier that's been trained by the government to be the, one of the most highly efficient killing machines of all time. Why not? No, absolutely. It's not, it's not even like Marvel stealthily reacquired the rights to the X-Men and they get Wolverine to show up. No. That would have been great. I know I know you don't like Wolverine. But, but Wolverine makes more sense in that battle than a kid that he's only seen yes. on YouTube for three clips. Right. I'm with you on that. You're slowly convincing me on, on your argument here. I didn't ask for these powers. <laughs> oh, this is it. I remember being so confused. I, I, that's how I felt. He's saying, what the hell? I was yeah. like, what the hell? What's going What? But this means, was Zemo, does this mean Zemo's plan all along was to lure everyone to a base in Siberia where he could show a 90s security tape, an early 90s security tape to Iron Man, knowing that Cap and Bucky would all be there and start a fist fight? This is Joker Dark Knight levels of, I planned this in advance, but if you think about it really hard, there's no way I planned this in yes. advance. I have clairvoyance. That is Zemo's power. I have clairvoyance. You know, um, in my brain, I call this plot device the, uh, pardon me, I'm going to use the non-PC term, uh, the, the 10 Little Indians plot device. Have you ever seen, read 10 Little oh, Indians? Oh, I love but, And Then There Were None. Yeah, yeah. And Then There Were None. Exactly. Uh, that's the, how I read it. Yeah, yeah, but it's 10 Little Indians. That's, uh, I read your... That is not the original title. Uh, see, the original I'm title is a lot worse. Yeah. Look up the original title too, and then there were none on Wikipedia, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not going to say it because I don't want to be pilloried, but <laughs> it was bad. It was bad. And so, but you know that the, the, the last deaths in that book are... are there's, there's no, a, the, the, they're big leap and you have to have a lot of the things. mastermind was making a lot of leaps. And yeah, and there were none. I don't want to ruin it. If you haven't read and then there were none, very good. It's that Murder on the Orient Express and Murder of Roger Ackroyd, three very good Agatha Christie novels. I mm-hmm. highly recommend. And that, but that ending, that ending. Whenever this this Joker um, Skyfall, I feel like all, all three of these movies it get it gets a little, and then there were none in it. Well, at least Zemo uh, doesn't have the really dumb plot device of i being captured was part of my plan all along yes at least he doesn't have that but it's close getting getting bucky captured so he could infiltrate and talk to bucky is a little twist on that but he does not get captured he does technically he does not get captured. he does not technically get captured i love that they use the iphone vhs app to record this scene (laughs) what a wonderful wonderful use of that app i know he says an empire toppled by its enemies can rise again is he ref- I someone out there can correct me but I, I'm trying to think of an empire toppled by its enemies that rose again the Roman Empire didn't rise again France kind of for like a hundred days there 
Britain didn't really fall; it just kind of changed and um, it lost. I mean, the closest it came to it lost yeah. a colony yeah. that became the biggest. Yeah, Carthage like didn't rise again. Um, okay, hold on. Let's get to this debate. Okay. Come on, he is watching him murder his dad. No matter what, he is watching him murder. That his no, dad. no, no. I'm not saying it wouldn't push you over. The uh, no 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 I and and his friend is now paralyzed and he's lost Pepper and he was responsible for Sokovia and he knows it with all the Ultron stuff and he's killing his mother. Yeah, I mean he's having to witness this. Of course, also remember that we're watching it in close up. He's kind of watching it from a distance. That doesn't make it better. And only that they just went through a war. They just they were just, just okay. Okay, we're using the term war generously. <laughs> yeah. that is that is that is they, very generous. They, they just went through a civil war yeah. on a on a on an airplane, uh, at an airplane uh, at an air. What, am, what the hell am I trying to say? At an airport. Airport. That's what I'm trying to say. Actually, Steve didn't know because I don't think because in the Winter Soldier, I don't think they actually say the Winter Soldier killed the Starks. It just says. Zola says accidents do happen, and you see the Starks died in a car accident, which you're supposed to believe was staged by Hydra. I don't actually know if in The Winter Soldier there's any indication that that Steve knows it was Bucky. No, I don't think he necessarily knew. Um, This, they, uh, Cap, uh, Chris Evans and Robert Downey act the shit out of this scene. It's why I don't quite buy the turn, because again, they weren't very good friends, Cap and, and Tony. Cap no. and Tony aren't great friends, and we've already established Bucky can be mind-controlled, and he's trying to atone. I don't know. I don't know he killed my mom is like the it's what I do of of this. But if you're going to go with I'm, I'm losing my mind and want to kill something, I don't care he killed my mom is a pretty good one to go with. Uh, here, I mean, he- would any of us not lose our mind at the death of our mom and try to kill something? I... I some of us maybe not. I don't. I don't want to speak for everyone's relationship with their mother, but I, I will say this: I feel like, given the context of seeing your family murdered by a man you've just spent the last three days fighting physically, who has, who mind controlled or not, yeah. is being is being used as a as an assassin as a terrorist yes. weapon, and who your friend is assuring you is above board. Yeah. I can see why he fought him because I mean, he just saw, you know, he's never known who murdered his parents and this mystery was just solved by this guy. And I think at that point he's like, screw it. Well, he didn't even care. know his parents were murdered. He thought they died in a car accident. There you go. That's true. I mean, that's a lot to digest in 30 seconds. Yeah. Now I'd want to hit something too. And these guys already have been fighting the entire time. But also knowing that Zemo was trying to tear them apart. He couldn't even for like two seconds go like, but wait a minute. Yes, maybe this happened. But, but, but again, but, he killed his mother. I, I get it. It's, it's certainly better justification than most of what happens in Batman v Superman. It's better than our mom has the same name. So maybe we should stop fighting. Much, much better. <laughs> I forget. Did they tell us Tony's mom's name in, in this movie? They might, but I don't. I don't actually remember. I think it's Martha. Martha okay. Stark. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I think everybody's name is Martha in, in in comics. Martha Parker, Martha Starks, Martha Rogers. How it should have ended. Also, also riffed on this, where Winter Soldier just goes, "Nope, I completely understand. I did it." 
I know why. And he just like basically leaves himself defenseless in front of Tony. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is it. This scene is so good. Here's 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 the here's the line. This isn't going to change what happened. And 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 he's right. But they did such a good job shooting this fight scene even with the shaky cam. I I felt every punch. It it I'm sure the sound design had a lot to do with that. Mhm. Them handing off the shield, like wonderfully choreographed. My fiance was generally really saddened by this fight scene. She said she was so sad. She made, it made her so sad to see the good guys fighting each other so brutally. And Tony really gets his ass handed to him in oh, this scene. Oh, yeah. These nice wide shots right here are great. And we're, we're pretty close to the iconic shot yeah it's not actually it's actually funny enough it's not on this but it was on every piece of marketing <laughs> advertising for the entire nope, here we go they're running they're running and boom there, there it, is. it is there it is that's the money shot that's the big shot from the comics it's the big money shot Oh, here we go. Oh, yeah, that's right. Black Panther's still in this movie. I I'm, I actually almost <laughs> forgot. I did forget, actually. Which isn't an insult to the actor or the character. No, Chadwick Boseman's great. They're not even in the same shot, which makes me wonder... If they even shot it together. If they even shot it together. Oh, no, there they are. Well, they actually, you know what? That, Today, sometimes they'll composite things, that, but they were probably in the same shot. I, I hope they were. <laughs> I hope they were, too. But that's definitely a, a shot that... No, no, they were definitely... That's... They, they were there. At least it's not non-specific vengeance, which is a thing that happens a lot. Like you, you know, he, it's his wife and child. You, yeah, you, you, it's his wife and children. You understand why he might want to kill him. But gosh, really convoluted revenge plot. <laughs> the most convoluted ever. But see, I love how you'll justify this. But then Iron Man seeing his mother killed by Bucky. That that you'll see again. I'm. I, it's a little bit of hypocrisy. There. It's it's very much so. I don't disagree with you. No, you're right. It's. It's just such a quick heel turn to, to create a fight for the end of the movie. It's such a quick heel turn. And yes, it works. I don't know. It's just, it's it's so simplistic, but in its simplicity still works. So, again, I, I loved the heck out of this movie. I had a great time watching this, this movie. Great. I, it, it's that 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 moment just never sit right with me, and it, and it hasn't gotten me... Repeat viewings have not gotten me on board with the moment either. So I, I I may not be able to articulate it as well as I'd like, but but doesn't mean I'm okay with it either. <laughs> I love Panther deciding not to and stopping that bullet right there. Panther's the only one with an arc in this movie. Yes. Panther actually has a journey to take. He goes from being consumed by vengeance to not being consumed by vengeance. And sure, he tells us the moral of his story in all of his dialogue. 
But damn it if Chadwick Boseman doesn't nail those expository monologues about his character's motivation. He's so good. He's my friend. No, you weren't. You were not his friend. You you were co-workers. You got along. Begrudgingly. Begrudgingly. Because you had to. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think if anything, that's actually what they sold really well to yeah. us was that they weren't really friends. Yeah. Stay down, final warning. And now he's going to say, I can do this all day. And finally, we come full circle to that time Bucky saved him from an alley fight in Captain America, mm. the first Avenger. So you see, that scene did have a purpose. It didn't just give us the sole foundation for this friendship. It... That hurt. Like, he got kicked in the face by Iron Man's boot. How does he still have teeth? Right, and nothing nothing indicates that any other part of his body is as strong as that arm. Right. I almost... The, the amount of momentum in this fight scene and how, how, like, tough it had been and how hard Cap was hitting him, I thought he was going to hit him in the head with the shield. I thought he was going to was him. I was waiting for it. I yeah. thought they were... And then I'm like, ah, no, of course. He wasn't going to cut his head off with the shield. <laughs> but what an ending that would have been. <laughs> Captain America murders Tony Stark by beheading with the shield, and he just drags a blood-spattered shield away. Could that... you imagine the backlash to that? It would, it would have, it would have beheaded the Marvel universe. Yeah. So Mark Wade, one of the uh, very famous and very outspoken comic writer, he wrote this like big. He hated the Superman movies. He hated Man of Steel. Talked about how. Um, some, was he the one who wrote about how in the middle of the movie a crazy man stood up and shouted uh, like yeah, F you at the and, screen and, was, and then his family told him to sit down yeah, and be quiet yeah I yeah think. it was him and I was just thinking could you imagine Mark Wade's feelings at seeing Cap decapitate Iron Man it would have been a very bold move it would have been I think Mark Wade would have really killed somebody <laughs> he actually would have actually committed murder I Oh, the spit of, gotta spit the blood. But I, did he even spit blood? I don't, I can't tell. No. We're watching it in what standard he, definition on a Mac. Yeah, I, I, I think what he spit was pride. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, that's why I like the petulant, ineffectual, it's not your shield, doesn't belong to you. I like the childishness of it. And then Cap, to be the bigger man, just tosses the shield aside. But I love just how petulantly ineffectual. It's not yours. Give that back. <laughs> Give it back. It's the government's. I don't care if you've had it for 50 years. Uh, what a waste of a Martin Freeman in this movie. <laughs> I love Martin Freeman. But he manages to get a couple of grimaces in because he's Martin Freeman. That's why you hire Martin Freeman. Yeah. There was rumors um, it, he was going to be uh, Henry Peter Guyrich, but uh, he, I think, already belonged to the X-Men movies because he's introduced in the very first X-Men movie. And now we're going to have the scene that further shows that nothing matters. Um, well, no. First, we got to see we got to see War Machine try to walk. And you know what? Don Cheadle sells the scene really well, where he takes it like a soldier. That was a very good scene. Have you ever asked yourself what these movies would be like if Terrence Howard had had continued in the role of War Machine? Oh yeah, definitely. Would he have broke out in the song? Like Empire? <laughs> <laughs> I've never watched Empire. I hear it's good though. Ah, uh, the first eight episodes are great. The last, the last two of the season one, I, I don't know. It, it started to get really, really soap opery, but you know what? People love it, and I, I, all those guys are really talented. Yeah. I mean, again, it's only a matter of time before Stark makes really better mechanical legs for Rhodey. 
I was two months till retirement. (laughs) (laughs) The road to recovery. And really, Rhodey gives the most cogent justification only after the fact for um, his joining Tony. And I like how he says it sucks. Yeah. It does suck. All of it. Yeah. And he's like, I'd, I'd do it again. He's, it, it's funny. He is kind of a mirror. He's like sort of what Cap used to be. He's like, I, I'm there because it's the mission. Yeah. And live or die, like, I'm true to the mission, and this is what we had to do. And He just doesn't have the renegade attitude that Cap has. No, he does not. He's, he's more for the military. And they've, they've filmed a bunch of Stanley cameos in advance, because he's really? so old now. In case, he, in, ca- in case he dies, they've filmed a bunch of Stanley cameos <laughs> that's, that's... in advance, which is wonderful and also terribly morbid. <laughs> yes, I was going to say, it's so morbid. <laughs> but what, he's 90 now? You he's know, over I, 90. I saw, him, I saw him in person once at New York Comic Con, and he, he came out into the hallway, and I am, I'm not joking, there were... At least a hundred people around him. That looks like a big giant Goodyear tire, by the way. <laughs> but um, it's a hundred people mobbing him, and he was just signing and going. Man, that old guy just goes and goes and goes. You know what I'm always curious about? His executive producer credit. Is that like what does he? Is he really front the money for the stuff? And some? Oh no 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 no! You get executive producer credits. You get those for two reasons, two major reasons. You were instrumental in financing, or you had a huge creative role. Okay, that's it. If you like put up the money or secured the money or you had a you had a creative like heavily creatively influence the thing but didn't necessarily write it, like if you're the creative executive on it and you help shape it and shepherd it along, executive producer credit. Nice. So now we have the love letter that resolves everything and just is like, "Nah, it's all cool, bro." Well, I understand I understand your problem with this and I agree with this too is that it kind of just undoes the movie. Yeah. Right in the movie. Yes. You know, like, it makes you go, okay, well, then why did we just go through this two and a half hours? Right. If he runs into Bucky again in Avengers 3, is he going to be forgive and forget? I, I don't think so. If we go by the fact that he was set off, but, you know, my problems with he killed my mom aside, is he going to forgive that just like that? Note, Cap doesn't even mention Bucky mm-hmm. in that. And we got uh, we got Windbreaker Cap showing up. Shortly, which I love. If Cap just starts running around in a windbreaker, I, I, I will, I will stick with Captain America <laughs> under those circumstances. Anthony and Joe Russo. I mean, between this and Winter Soldier, they really proved their metal, and now they're doing Avengers three and four. And I, they got the chops to at least juggle this many characters and deliver a compelling action movie. I don't know. I, I don't see how Avengers three isn't kind of a hot mess. Because there's going to be some abs- some absurd number of named characters oh, who are going to man. be in it. Man, it's everybody. Yeah, it's everybody. You're gonna you got to fit in Guardian of the Galaxy, yeah. Doctor Strange, all of the Avengers. Right. Uh, yeah, I don't know. You know, is it? Are we? Are we? Are we safe in saying? So to take a little turn, are we safe in saying at this point now? Cap, the Cap trilogy is better than the Iron Man without trilogy, question. Right, without question. Yeah, he's got kind of a journey. Like I said, he kind of goes from being Captain America to Captain Libertarianism. <laughs> <laughs> 
True. But it's a journey. It's a journey. Um, his his character went through some stuff. He's like, I I I am I am my own best friend plus my friends. Yep. So, um. Absolutely. I, I love First Avenger. First Avenger is really only undone for me by that final moment where he wakes up in the present. Mm-hmm. The, the ending of that is so abrupt just to get him in place to be in the First Avengers movie. I really didn't like that. I love everything leading up to it. Yeah. Um, I Winter Soldier is top three of the Marvel movies. I would agree with that. Yeah, it's really high up there for me. I think for me, let's let's go through that really fast. Top three. I would say for me, Iron Man, Avengers, and probably Winter Soldier. No, I wouldn't disagree with that ranking. Yeah. First Iron Man sets it all up, and the first Iron Man's really, aside from those third act problems we were talking about with Obadiah, but first Avengers is just tons of fun and, you know, was the proof that they were able to stick that landing. And then, Winter Soldier is just a really solid movie. And then I'd put First Avenger probably at number four. Ooh. Yeah, First Avenger is pretty good. I love First Avenger a lot. So now he's going into... Oh, no, you know what? Guardians of the Galaxy might be at four. I totally love Guardians out of that ranking. Uh, yeah. Guardians might be four and then First Avenger at five. You know, I wouldn't... I hate s- ranking movies. <laughs> I hate ranking... I, you know, as a sports guy, we can't help but do it. We well, do you guys it at least have statistics. We do. Here, this is just, what do you think? Yeah. I don't know. At least, you know, football, it's like, how many, how many, how many, com- how many complete passes did he throw? Well, numbers prove him he threw the most passes. But see, but that inevitably leads to conversations about who's the greatest quarterback or was right. that the greatest game you've ever seen and da 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 da. So now they're on the same side. I'm looking forward to a solo Black Panther movie. I don't know what that's going to be like, but. I feel like. Ryan Coogler is directing it. Ryan Coogler has impressed the hell out of me. You're gonna have these. You're gonna have these moments of incredible inspiration where you're gonna. I feel like you're gonna want to stand up and be a superhero because he's gonna make it so awe inspiring. Oh, absolutely. If if Michael B. Jordan had not signed up for freaking Fantastic Four, why why do I feel like he he might have been Black Panther or or Black Panther's friend? I don't know who Black Panther is. He's in it, right? He's isn't he the villain? I think he's the villain in it. Oh, he's, that would actually he's be He's in Black Panther. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes, okay. he is in Black oh, Panther. Oh, sorry. Yeah. That was me being ignorant. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, no. I'm, so I'm excited for it. Coogler's, Coogler's a good director. I loved Creed so much. Oh, Creed was so good. And yeah, no, it's, it's going to be really good. It's going to be really, really good. Again, we were talking about this a little bit earlier, but Marvel, what Marvel has done in terms of shared universe they've done something kind of unprecedented here I, w- I would never try to you can't take it away from them no absolutely not. no everyone's following their lead yeah and not doing as good a job of it or we also haven't seen it play out our closest we have is dc now yeah well and i you know what i'll, I'll tell you my 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 prediction the only clear-cut possible heir heir to the throne and we we have to see how the movies play out. It's it's way too early to tell, but I would say Star Wars would be the only other franchise that has the right now, just based on one film, which is very little evidence. But even though we've had several one films from DC that didn't work, and they keep trying to redo this, but yes. Star Wars, I feel like, has well, the best chance of possibly. Star Wars has got a different structure though, because Star Wars isn't going to try and create a fifteen movie series. They're going to do. They're going to do their trilogies, and then they're going to do standalone movies. So that's why we're going to have episodes for now, seven. though. For now, for now, you could couldn't you see couldn't you see Star Wars going into a realm where the the standalone early films begin to create their own 
universe within those. Could I? Yeah. Do yeah. I wanna? No. <laughs> <laughs> it all depends. I just want to be cast as the heir to Lando's throne in Cloud City when they make it as a Netflix TV show. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> Cloud City, the series, would be a lot of fun. On just Netflix, the day-to-day grind. The day-to-day Of being grind. the administrator of a mining facility. Remember that Las Vegas show that they had with, was it James Conn? James Conn. Yeah. It was like the head of security of a casino. I, I picture that that concept as yeah. being the structure for for cloud city and well and- that's why i'm liking to an extent the stuff marvel's doing with the netflix series just seeing on the ground superheroes they're yeah. funny in their own way because they're psych you haven't watched luke cage yet i haven't but seen cage yet the way daredevil is about hell's kitchen luke cage is about harlem everything's in harlem Every place feels and is treated like a different country. At no point during all the stuff going on with Luke Cage is anyone saying, hey, hey, maybe we should call Daredevil. Should we call Daredevil? And probably I'm like, yeah, Daredevil doesn't leave the house to to come help in Harlem. No. If someone steps a toe in Hell's Kitchen, he'll be there, though. Yeah. But Harlem could go screw itself. Exactly. He's concerned. But no, the, the, the... on the ground aspect of heroics and like trying to live in a place where these things actually happen is a nice counterpoint to the constant world ending scenarios always presented in the Marvel movies. And again, another reason I liked civil war is that the end of the world was not the stake here. Yep. Yep. That was nice too. And uh, but kind of going back to the, the difference between the Marvel movies and the shows, the shows give you this kind of, gritty hyper violent very rough 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 like rated r marvel that like the movies the movies have established a separate universe but they can share the same universe but at the same time because of the the different power sets and the structures of the of the stories also the structure of the company the two completely different divisions yes exactly true and so i mean you get you kind of get to you know bake your cake and eat it too you can watch like the fun poppy big movies and then you can see your like real gritty violent tv shows and you still get all your marvel fixes out of it no absolutely so to sum up i ragged on this movie a lot i, I love the heck out of this movie I-, I i thoroughly enjoyed it it was I agree. it was a great time we just said caps probably got the strongest trio of of movies no now. question no question in fact, they were so strong, Iron Man had to leave his trilogy and join them. Yeah, he one. had to show up. Yeah. <laughs> That's how good Oh, well, they paid. They paid dearly to have Robert Downey Jr. show up. Oh, and I'm man. sure he's making all the money on, on, on Spider-Man Homecoming, too, in which he'll appear. Along with Happy Hogan. I'm glad I'm glad they keep pulling Jon Favreau out. To... you got to keep bringing him back. He's, oh, a, he's a company man. He's oh, working yeah. for Disney. He is for, working for... Oh, that's yeah. right. He did Jungle Book, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, he's a company man. After he made Chef about going back to simplicity and all of that, and then he went right right back to Jungle Book. Mm-hmm. But I heard Jungle Book was actually really good. I heard so. it's really good. So we're, cl- we're quickly closing in on the Spider-Man scene. I have to admit, when I saw this in the theater, I was thoroughly confused. I had no idea what the hell I was looking at. And Tony made Tony made Spider-Man a Spider-Man signal. I, I guess he shines it himself in the sky, so people think, no, this guy's above board. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's it. Huh? Do you think they'll they'll reintroduce Jameson in in the new Spider Man? Because Amazing Spider Man movies, I like that they did not reintroduce Jameson at all. Because J.K. Simmons is so perfectly that role. So perfect. Um, I don't know. Here's the question: Will he be a black guy? Like Perry White was black, and, and oh, I'd like Simon. that. That would work. Yeah, right. You make you make him African American individual. It's really aggressive. That means Samuel L. Jackson would have to play him, but he's already <laughs> Nick Fury. <laughs> 
Well, you just take off the patch and give him some hair. <laughs> now it's like a completely different guy. We've taken Lawrence Fishburne. Who else is there, though? Like, I'm trying to. I'm trying to think. Which because Morgan Freeman couldn't do it. He's too low key. He's too low key. Then he'd have to be like more Steve of a Harvey. Figure. How about Steve Harvey as J. Jonah Jameson? I don't know about his acting chops, though. I don't know but about he's his got chops, he's got the look. He's definitely got the look, and he can be big and yeah. and, and broad and look put upon and ha- and harried the way you'd, you'd imagine J. Jonah Jameson could could be. Yep. You know, funny little story. You know, uh, when Mark Miller and Bendis and those guys were reinventing the Ultimate Universe, they they Nick Fury was originally made to was modeled after Frank Sinatra, who was the the cool guy of the era. And so when they were doing the Ultimate Universe in the early two thousands, they were like, "Well, who personifies cool today?" That's Jackson. Sam Jackson, and that's where they got the inspiration for that look. Were Were you one of those people who cheered when he showed up at the end of Iron Man oh, after the credits? Lost my mind. Brian Bendis wrote that scene. He wrote that one scene. He wrote that one scene. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he wrote it. He wrote it. They called him really late at night and said, hey, you know, we've got this thing. Do you mind just kind of taking a pass at it? A couple pages. We've got this super secret scene we're going to do. We can't tell anybody about it. Right. So he wrote it. And he said that they changed some of it, but like a, a lot of uh, of um, Nick Fury's lines are pretty much Bendis' words. He wrote that. That's fantastic. Yeah, that was pretty Which cool. Was- I wonder if he was paid guild for that or if he just did it under the table for <laughs> right, free. Right, right. You could see that, right? Trust me, that man's made a lot of money under Marvel. A lot of money. I'm Marissa excited Tomei. for Marissa Tomei as Aunt May. I really Beautiful, am. hot, older Aunt May. Why not? Because why not? And she's a great actress. Now, I, I hate the people who doubt her Oscar. Oh, no, she's great. Now I you, have that lamp. You know what's always what you say? I thought you say, I have that, I have that bracelet. I said, really, you have that bracelet? Uh, now, I mean, what kid doesn't want this thing right here, right? I want, I want the Spider-Man signal, and he will return. And he will return. Well, that is the movie. We loved it. We hope you uh, enjoyed our, our, our thoughts and, and contributions. So, uh, till next time. I'm Rudy Solis. I'm Vince Belzano, and we'll talk to you soon. Boom.